0: Everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. This is episode 264, recorded on December 5th, 2022. This is our Game of the Year Awards for 2022. We're going to be looking back at games actually starting in December of 2021 all the way through November of 2022 and honoring our favorite games of the past year. Also, some, you know, dishonoring games along the way too. We'll jump into all those different categories, give the rundown of what we're doing. But before we do any of that, it's time for introductions. My name is Steve and I'm grateful to be here with you all. Also joined by Barry. Hey, Barry, how's it going?
1: Hey, Steve. Always a pleasure. Always looking forward to this. This is probably my favorite podcast of the entire year.
0: Nice. Nice. And also, of course, joined by Greg. Hey, Greg, how are you?
2: I'm also doing good and likewise this is also my favorite podcasts of the year, just getting to run down all the great
0: games that have come out over the last year. Absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna be jumping into all that tonight. Also jumping into some headlines of some news, just a couple quick things that we want to make sure that you guys do know that's going on in the world of Nintendo. But uh, the vast majority of this podcast episode is going to be dedicated to our picks of the games of the year. And uh, we're going to basically go through several different categories. We're going to hit the top indie games of the year. Also, the top AAA non-Nintendo developed and published games. Also, the top three Nintendo developed and published games. The top three non-Nintendo console games. So, PC, Xbox, uh, PlayStation, Maybe even a mobile game. I don't know. We'll see what gets thrown in there. Uh, Also, we're going to cover, have some fun, the worst three games of the year. And those are going to be based on completely, uh, purely just based on our experience with those games. Not saying they are definitely the worst, but uh, that's from our experiences. Uh, We're going to talk about some games that we maybe discovered that are older games, but we just kind of discovered this year. That's kind of a new category. And then we're going to talk about our top three overall and award our top game of the year uh, for for December 2021 all the way through November 2022. So we're going to have a lot of fun tonight sharing all those. Also, throughout the podcast, uh, you have, you our listeners and our community have uh, shown us you know, what you've picked over the over the last year as well. Um, So we've got different people that have submitted those via discord via Twitter, and several other places. And so we're going to refer to those throughout the evening as well. If you have never joined us for a live broadcast, I would encourage you to to join us for a live broadcast. And if you are in the chat currently, make sure you throw down your picks for the top games of the year as well if you didn't throw it in uh, social media or discord already and we will make sure to read those out from the chat tonight as well so uh, before we jump into anything else Speaking of social media, if you haven't followed us on Twitter, we are at at NintendoFuse over on Twitter. And we also, as I mentioned, we have a Discord. We'd love for you to join that and uh, jump in there and join in the discussion. The link is on the screen if you're watching the video version, but also in the show notes uh, on YouTube description and uh several other places wherever you listen to the podcast or watch the podcast you should be able to find those links in the descriptions and show notes and all that stuff so yeah be sure to jump in there uh, as a programming note we are going to be taking a break for the holiday season we'll be back in january 2023 so a great place to connect and continue to talking about games and so much more uh, throughout that whole time is in our discord so hopefully you guys will be jumping in there and join our growing community uh, before we jump into the games of the year let's talk about what we've been playing quickly because we do have a lot to cover tonight with the games of the year but uh we don't have a, a game review or uh, or a uh, game chat tonight just because the like i said it's going to take a lot of time to run through all the games of the year but we are going to go through what we've been playing recently so uh, kick us off greg all right so just
2: to Keep it nice and quick and easy. A lot of mine is just <laughs> a lot more games that have been out for some time. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get the time that I wanted to focus on games that have come out this year and putting more effort into trying to get the my list more <coughs> ironed out. But um, it was pretty much Mario Kart Home Circuit. I did a little bit with like my daughter over the, like the Thanksgiving holiday. She was really looking to play that again and set up all the little horseshoes, like the little things or whatever, the checkpoints, and just had a lot of fun watching uh, the car go around the living room. Also, me and my brother had gotten together and we always liked to go um old school style on the NES and played a lot of different NES games. So it was ones from like Battletoads Double Dragon and Double Dragon like two and three and a lot of the classic like multiplayer games that like you usually would play on the NES back in the eighties. So it was one heck of an awesome evening and got to have a lot of fun playing some really old retro NES games. And then pretty much my staples, did some Roblox action with Bell, and that's always fun to do there. And then also still doing Fire Emblem Heroes, which just had uh, Steve's favorite topic, the Fate Channel, last night. So um, <laughs> book seven is now uh, going to be launching tomorrow, so it's getting all set up and ready for that.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, going to the chat real quick. Jakester says finished Paper Mario One and Mother Three. I saw him. I, I tuned in into his live stream, and he was just finishing pa- uh, Mother Three as I as I tuned in. I was like, "Well, I guess I got here for the." I watched the credits. Um, so he finished that, and also uh, continuing Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So cool, Barry. What you've been up to?
1: Uh, so for me on the Switch, uh, still doing Pokemon Unite uh, every day. Um, Pokemon Scarlet, I finally finished that game, I did all the post-game, I managed to do the Charizard event before it ended and got a Charizard, and and now uh, I'm trying to finish my decks. I'm down to everything needed, it's from Violet pretty much, or trading, and i was supposed to be doing that with my wife, but she's behind, so um, just been running around doing raids at this point, uh, because my in-laws are in town, we did Jackbox Party Pack 2 uh always a, a fun fun experience and they had never played before i'm like all right i'll buy this digitally on switch just so we can play uh because it's, it's just fantastic <laughs> yeah no, i know
0: okay. i bought a digital game You're really good at physical so
1: <laughs> Be, well only the first and the seventh one got physicals oh. well, the first one not on switch but but uh yeah so i got uh i got the second one because i had the games we wanted to play uh, so we uh we had some fun with that on the PS5, uh, working my way through God of War Ragnarok, I probably would have it finished if my in-laws weren't in town, but I can only play so much, unfortunately. So I've been enjoying my time with it. Uh, PC, still doing some 14. And uh, on the mobile, Mario Kart Tour still, and surprise for the f- last time going to appear, Dragalia Lost. Because mm-hmm. service ended and I decided to log in and, and just mess around with it one last time on the final day and literally counted down and was playing, took some pictures right before <laughs> service died and Nintendo, I, I don't understand your practice. I hate killing games completely like so that no one can experience it. I don't care if you end the content, but don't remove it so that nobody can experience it anymore. But no, if you try to boot it up at this point, it just says service has ended. Thanks for playing. Mm. All the, the time I spent and energy I spent and money I spent is all gone. Uh, I had fun, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh ripped or gallia lost that's yep. uh yeah i actually thought it was it was over in the summer so that was i was surprised to hear you say that um they, well, that's uh, what they con- the
2: announcements i think yeah the
0: the end of con the end of new
1: content was summer oh. and then they just repeated older events till now um but yeah it, it officially ended um no more you can't log in anymore you can't you can't play again. It's so stupid. You can't experience a story. You can't even it's just solo stuff. It's yeah. just mm. dead.
0: Well, I never experienced it and apparently I never will. oh, oh well, I guess. <laughs> uh let's see. I have been playing Rocket League. Surprise, surprise. Um I'm playing some Clash Royale on mobile um also played more life is strange so i got chapter two down uh of life is strange two um and i have said this before i will say it again um this story is stupid emotional (laughs) yes it is i can't play it i can't there's no way i could binge this entire thing i'd be an emotional wreck um yeah, it's it's a lot to handle so I have to take it in doses. Um but uh it's good. I don't it it I think I agree with you. I great Barry, you said that this is not your favorite or it yeah, is not your favorite. this is no. not my favorite. Yeah, I don't I I don't think this is my favorite either. Um but uh but it's still good though. Like I, I don't have many like strong feelings negative away, about it but it, it is it's not my favorite one. Um there's a couple things that I yeah. That I was like mm. I like how the other game did it, but that's fine. Um, but, yeah, really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, man, it's an emotional game. Two uh, two is the one where
1: it connects with Captain Spirit, I believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it, it's, it's better playing Captain Spirit first.
0: Like more it was patchy. helpful, like what you, you said, to play that first. Um, but it had been so long since I played it. I had to, like, when when it's the connection happened, I had to go back and watch, like, uh Clips of other people playing it. So it could refresh my mind. I'm like, what happened again in that game? Cause it's been like six or seven months since I played it. Um, so I needed a quick refresher because the moment that it connects, I thought was earlier. And I was like, wait, I don't remember. And then, so yeah, a, re- a quick refresher on YouTube helped me. So that was good. What's interesting about that
1: connection is when you play just Captain Spirit and it ends, mm-hmm. you're almost thinking like, yeah, did, did something happen with him? Yeah. And then yeah. when you play it through and you're like, oh, I know what's happening now at this yeah.
0: point. Well, and I, th- yeah, we can talk afterwards uh, to yeah. avoid spoilers, but yeah, there's, there's still a couple questions that will probably, I'm, poten- I'm guessing will potentially be answered really soon. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure yet, but man, like there's just, there's just so many things that have happened to these kids that I'm just like. This, it just keeps getting worse. (laughs) Like, it sucks. (laughs) But anyway, so it's a good game, though. Good game. Uh, and then I, I played uh, several other games that I actually am not going to talk about right now because they may or may not pop up in, you know, some of my lists. And so I was trying to cram through a bunch of games that I have not played yet uh, throughout the year to make sure that I had enough experience to be able to have some, a good, uh, well-rounded list um, for, for my picks of the game of the year. So.
1: I have a question for you, Steve. Is that the reason why I suddenly noticed that you appeared permanently offline and couldn't see your history to avoid what was going on with this? Yep. (laughs) I noticed that.
0: (laughs) Creeper. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, there's a stalker.
1: (laughs) I just happened to be looking at my friends list. I'm like, wait, Steve says offline. He never (laughs) just said offline. I can't see his history. (laughs) Oh, what's he doing? Yeah.
0: It was just funny because I I never check anybody else's. I like I rarely I, I don't never I I rarely check other people's. But the one time that you did that too, and I turned it on, and I was like Barry, why'd you stop sharing my your stuff with me? So it's funny that just a couple weeks later I did the same thing to you. <laughs> but yeah, it was totally on purpose because I didn't want to spoil anything. <laughs> uh, now I'm really looking forward to tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nice all right well uh, let's let's jump into this so uh yeah so just a quick rundown of our categories again we are going to be jumping into the top three indie games top three AAA non nintendo developed and published games the top three nintendo developed and published games top three non nintendo console games worst three games and then we'll We'll uh, cover some news and then we're going to be jumping into the final picks of the year and awarding all of that at the end. Uh, And also, just before we jump into this, it's, I think, helpful for all of you guys uh, that are listening and watching to know that a lot of this is based on what we have seen and what we know about the games and what we played. And so this is of course not a definitive list. We're not saying like these are like definitely the top games. It's just us three. Um and so like this is our our opinion based on what we've seen, what we played, what we've heard from other people um and and generally it is a like big you know we we'll cover you know stuff that that made it you know why those ge- these games are at the top of the list Are you know of course the the graphics the playability um all that stuff that we normally talk about in a review and things like that but also the fun factor is a, is a big factor in why we pick these games if we have fun with it we heard other people have fun with it this is a generally a good experience that's also why why these games tend to find themselves on our on our list as well so do you guys have any other thoughts about uh, this last year before we jump into the categories um for me
1: i'm just gonna say this year was amazing uh the game was this was the hardest for me to pick a list versus versus others especially one particular category i almost wish i could give it like a top 10 just in one category alone um but i would say like our format that we'll do it in will be three two honorable mentions and one um, this way, you don't say honorable mentions at the start and immediately eliminate. And you leave some, you know, suspense for what number one will be. And then after we all do our number ones, we're going to go to your submissions that we asked, and we will uh, we will say what submissions we had. And this way, everyone gets a voice. Absolutely,
0: Greg. Any thoughts about this last year of gaming? <sighs> well, I was like. I actually
2: like reviewed like all the podcasts like sheets just to see if there's any games that I might've missed in like my research and my organization. Like on, I made a group on like my switch just to group all the 22, 2022 games together. And it seemed kind of smaller. So I don't know if it was just something I didn't like plug in all the games into the system, even if I had them physically or if it was just more of like a more retro style year for me. And that's kind of what I, was gathering. So this list was a little bit easier for me to put together mm. for the most part, cause I spent a lot of
0: time playing older games that were released before this year. So, mm. yeah, I, I think I, I, you, you organized a whole lot more than I did, Greg. Um, I didn't even think <laughs> about all that stuff, but, um, but yeah, I think I found myself in a similar place, even though I, I agree with both of you actually, like, I think like Barry said, there's, there's so many games that came out this year that are really top notch. But I didn't find myself playing all of them now that that's of various reasons, usually outside, you know, uh, reasons of why you know, lack of money to buy all the games. That's that's a real thing. Um, And then um just time, you know, life gets busy and things like that. But also, yeah, I found myself, I've, you know, Greg and I are both playing a lot of Life is Strange this last year. Those games came out prior to. Or um, well, some of them came out prior to this last. But well,
1: Life is Strange one came out, uh, and before the storm came out in the Switch this year. Yeah, So, yeah.
0: so some of them, you know, who knows if they'll find our, th- their way <laughs> on our on our list? We'll get into that uh, when that time comes. But uh, yeah, lots of good games, and uh, we can share some more thoughts as we go into the different categories. But let's kick it off with the best indie games of the year. And we're going to keep a steady order, so we'll go Greg, Barry, and me in that order every time. And so, uh, Greg, kick us off with number three for your indie game of the year. All right, so this
2: one came as kind of like a surprise entry, at least for this year. Like, this was a game that we got from East shot Soft, and it's actually Wife Quest. So I know me and Barry played this game to quite <laughs> a month, a lot of time and it was just like for a review for Nintendo fuse and such. So um, I just had a lot of fun playing this game. Like I really loved like the humor and stuff that they worked into it and everything. And I know some, there's like some slightly inappropriate scenes in the trailer or whatever, just as they're beating the, some of the bad guys up. But I, I don't know. I just had a complete blast playing it. The controls were really tight. Everything was spot on and just a heck of a lot of fun for me to play and i just wish i had more time to play it
0: nice nice how about you barry
1: yeah well this is going to be really easy for you because my number three is also wife quest uh just (laughs) absolutely loved this game uh once we got the code i I couldn't put it down until i completed the game Uh, i just i got addicted to it just finding everything 100 percenting it. Uh, the challenge was just perfect. The the combat was great. The the leveling up systems, the the level design, it just it really took me by surprise, especially because it was just kind of one of those, hey, we we need a game chat. I'm just gonna re- request this one, and Greg's requesting it, and this we'll way we'll have something. And yeah, totally blew me away. Uh, absolutely love this game.
0: Nice, nice. Well, surprise, surprise, it it's not Wife Quest, um, <laughs> but it is another game that uh, that yeah came out late last year, so I think it did fall into the December category of Archvale, um, is my number three pick, and I th- I just I fell in love with this game because it's, it's it's got so many different things that I enjoy about games. So it's like this top-down Zelda-like adventure. Um, you're tr- traversing around th- that's sort of fun, but it's also um, got like this twin-stick shooter aspect to it, and and all this really fun retro style like I sometimes I'm turned off by the retro style but I feel like it just did a really good job of combining it making it look old look a little you know from the retro style but it also like just is fresh and new and exciting and uh yeah so basically you know combine some of those bullet hell shooters but then also top down Zelda and uh that's Archvale and I had a ton of fun with this game um and it really actually came as a big surprise for me so, number two, then, back to you, Greg. All
2: right. So, this was one that was shown off in one of the uh, Nintendo Nindy directs. And then I really was very interested, like, right when it came out. And that is actually Maggie the Magnet. So, like, I did, I think, a solo game chat on this game. Earlier this year, and it was just like a, this awesome physics-based puzzle game, and everything is so like so swift and smooth, and the controls worked really well. And you're really using like the magnet to your advantage to really manipulate, um, like propulsion and stuff to like move yourself throughout the levels. And everything was just so swift and smooth, just to be like very clean. Like if you died, you instantly respawn. So it was like everything was just seems like perfect, exactly what you'd want, and like a like a one screen kind of puzzle game. And then the puzzles all just got gradually harder and different things to use and to move around with. So it was a heck of a lot of fun. And that's why
0: I put it as number two. Nice. Nice. How about you, Barry? Number two for Indians? Uh, yeah.
1: So my number two uh, came earlier this year. Uh, it was a, a game I got just, I, I saw the trailer and I was like, I need to try this just because I love Zelda. And that's Ocean's Heart. Uh, this game is a love letter to Zelda. It is top down, uh, like a link to the past. It's got great upgrade systems. It's just got uh, fun puzzles, uh, really interesting side quests where there's multiple different solutions. There's the quick and dirty solution, or you can go above and beyond and get even better rewards. Uh, just, it's just so much fun. It's a great story, wonderful world. It just, it captivated me and. Uh, it was hard to put down until I finished this game and I'm, I'm really happy. I did because it was just a lot of fun.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, I'm going to move on to my number two and I picked a game that I was so excited about. Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, shredders revenge came out on uh, switch and just really captured my heart. Uh, and, uh, and I, I enjoyed playing it by myself, but one of my best times was when Greg and I got back on after a podcast one time and we said, we'll just play a couple of rounds and that'd be it. And then a couple hours later, we're finally finishing the game because we just couldn't put it down so it was a it was a blast to just play uh with other people online it's super smooth really captures that uh the heart of the original uh cartoon but also the arcade games and it was just awesome to to play through Shredder shredder's revenge so that's my number 2 for indie games so back to you Greg for some honorable mentions and then your number 1 Yep. So
2: um, some of the games that I also really enjoyed that obviously didn't make my list, those games include Carl. So that was a game that we kind of covered very, very recently. Um, I had a ton of fun playing it. Um, One of the main things that kept it kind of away was just that... I was hearing Steve discuss all the different bugs that he had found. It just didn't seem like it could be a worthy contender to be any higher on the list. Um, I I also really enjoyed Fall Guys. Got to play that a lot with my daughter. That was a nice surprise release that it finally came to Switch. Another one was Witchcrafty that I also got a code for. And that was a very fun game to play and go through. And then my last honorable mention is Terror Bane. That was another really cool game where you're just trying to find the different errors within the game and trying to solve it. That's like a very unique mechanic I've never seen elsewhere and did enjoy my time with that one. But um, just to kind of almost echo Steve's number two pick, my number one is Shredder's Revenge. So I don't know where it fell only at number two on his list, but it was definitely mm-hmm. number one on mine. So I, as he was saying, it's a great Trip down nostalgia lane, you get to see all these classic characters, like from the cartoon, and all the different bosses from that appear, different like special characters that appeared in the cartoon as well. So it's just nice callbacks to all the retro feels of the 1980s cartoon and the gameplay style of the <clears throat> the arcade game. So that was just a lot of fun in general, and like you said, that was still a really solid memory when we were able to connect online that one time. And, be nice to be able to do that again and perhaps Barry can join in this time as well. But yeah, that's my number one
0: Shredder's Revenge. Absolutely. Cool. How about you, Barry?
1: Uh, So my honorable mentions, uh, I did not get treasure's revenge because i ordered the physical and it still has not arrived yet so i am still waiting so i have not even had a chance to play it so it goes in honorable mentions just because i haven't played it um terror bane as well was just a phenomenal game we got to review a lot of fun got to talk to the developers and and you know just it was too good of a year that it, it sadly didn't make the cut uh fallen angel another one we reviewed i absolutely loved and i uh I, I, it originally actually was on my list, and it got bumped down, so it was like pretty much number four. And uh, the letter was my other honorable mention, uh, just a great visual novel I did review, and uh, it, uh, it that one that one was creepy, but it was a lot of fun. But yeah, my number one <clears throat> was Carl. And uh, yes, there's some bugs in Carl, but it, the bugs were just kind of funny. They were just like they weren't terrible, unless you managed to kill off-screen enemies, and then you get stuck. But uh, I just I could not put <laughs> Carl down. It was just one of those things where every level I was like, oh, just one more level, one more level, and it just kept going. Every level had different gimmicks. Every world had different gimmicks. Uh, I loved the upgrade system. That once you get like different weapons, I did not expect to have different weapons, and I love the Mega Man style: beat a boss, get their powers, and just yeah, it it just blew me away. Uh, just finding all the secret medals and all the hidden items in every level. And yeah, it's it just, it surprised me. It was just one of those that I was like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to like this game and yeah, I could not stop.
0: Highly nice. recommend. That's cool. Uh, so for honorable mentions for me, uh, it really came down to like, there's some great games this year and, um, I mean, I I think uh Klonoa is is a game that is phenomenal that that uh you know it just didn't make the top three, but that's uh that's one. Never alone was a really great game as well. Um and then Azure Striker Gun Vault 3, fantastic game. Uh Neon White, also like all these games, like indies really pushed the envelope this year in some different ways and taking different genres and bending genres and taking games in a completely different ways. And so that's I, I really liked about the Indies this year. Um, and it was a, a great experience to to get through all those. Um, but one game that I'm so excited that it came to Nintendo Switch and I heard so much about it and uh, and I knew I would like it. And as soon as I started playing it, there was no surprise that I am a big fan of Tunic. Uh, so Tunic is, again, um, we kind of said it earlier about Barry and I both have, I, I think Greg as well, but like we we like if the uh, if game kind of resembles Zelda, it's probably going to be in our top <laughs> games. And uh, this is just a, such an amazing, like just top down or isometric kind of 3D uh, experience. And it's just cute, but there's an amazing story with it. And the the combat, everything's, you know, I, there's very few flaws that I found uh, with the game so far, and it's just a really great experience. It looks beautiful and uh, just had a lot of fun with it. So, so glad that Tunic came out on Nintendo Switch. I think there was, a, if I remember correctly, there was a little bit of uh, hesitation about, like, is it actually going to make it? Um, uh, like, is it going to push, you know, the the system and, and they're not going to actually do it, but uh, so glad it actually came over and we we're able to experience Tunic, so. That's my my top indie game for for this year.
2: I really regret not buying that. I totally forgot to check that out before this podcast. <laughs> I was on my like must buy list, and it's unpurchased. And <laughs> so, what did the uh, what did the community say about
0: indies this year, Barry?
1: Ah, uh, not much. Uh, with indie, it seems a lot of people decided not to even put a thing in there. But uh, uh, Roger from Twitter said that his best indie was Cult of the Lamb, mm. which I've heard nothing but good things about. And none of us mentioned it, but that was another great game that came out this year.
0: It is. It is. Jakester apparently tried Tunic when uh, he had the demo on Steam, but uh, wasn't impressed with it. So it's okay, Jakester. We don't we don't agree on everything. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you're enjoying Ori, by the way. Um, we do agree on that that game being great, uh. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh it's interesting. I think um one of the things that I found about indies this year is that there was just so many different different indie games. It was really hard to narrow it down. Um, and it's interesting, you know we we did have a couple, you know that that we we copied each other a little bit there. Um, but then our our, our top three games are all completely different. And um, because we just there's so many great ones out there, and so it's it, this was as as Barry was saying earlier, indie games is definitely one of those categories that was hard to narrow it down this year because there are a lot of of great experiences and lots of different types of experiences as well. Um, so it really kind of boils down to what you enjoy, and uh, you're you're bound to find a couple of games that you enjoy for sure. Well, any final thoughts about indies before we move on? This is great. Great gear for indies.
2: (laughs) Sure was. I mean, a lot of these indie directs we've had and all these fantastic games coming out and great supplement to any Switch library. And obviously, feel free to check out any of the games we've mentioned, even just the honorable mentions are still pretty much must-plays in my eyes.
0: Absolutely. Let's move into the AAA third-party games. These are games that were developed and published by, you know, not Nintendo. Nintendo was not really... You know, maybe they were involved in some level of whatever, but the, this is not, this has not come from Nintendo. And, uh, we're, that's our next category. So we'll get there in just a little bit. But, you know, a few, a few years ago, like actually probably several years ago now, when we started doing this, we just found that it was important to, to separate Nintendo games from the rest of the the games just because, you know, if a Mario and Zelda comes out a lot of times, those are topping the list. And then other great AAA third-party games are not getting the recognition that they really deserve. And so we decided uh, several years ago to split those two into two different categories. So these are third-party games, top three of our third-party games for this year. We'll pass it over to Greg first. <sighs>
2: Yeah, so this one came out earlier this year, and it's still a game that I haven't picked up. And based on this experience, it was just like actually the demo of the game that had arrived around like the time that it um, was coming out. So my number three pick is actually Project or the Triangle Strategy no longer associated with the project anymore. I don't know where I slipped up on that. Um essentially it was awesome. Even with the demo had me like fully enthused in the game and I just haven't had the um I had lots of stuff going on where I didn't have a lot of time to even pick it up yet. But it's definitely on my like to purchase list and pretty much as soon as possible, right when I get some money to get around to get it. But it was an overall very interesting story, and I just really love like, the Fire Emblem-like mechanics and also some of the Codename Steam mechanics, where it's just like it's you can interact with the different characters in the environment and kind of change up the level and as you battle
0: your way through each of the different levels. Nice, nice. Barry, how about you? Number three for AAA third party. This
1: was the toughest category for me. This was absolutely hands-down the toughest category for me. There were so many great third-party titles, and some of these titles, you know, uh, yeah, they're just amazing. And this was so tough to narrow down. And this list has changed multiple times, but the final version of this list uh, puts number three at a complete surprise. I did not expect this game to be this good, and I could not put this down. That's Harvest Stella. Harvest Stella is just this everyone's like oh it's just a farming rpg no it's not this is final fantasy this is a jrpg that happens to have farming elements and it's beautiful a lot of people aren't even talking about just the gorgeous vistas and the towns and the dungeons and it's it's just a great looking game it plays exceptionally well it has just wonderful uh you know companion mechanics where each companion has their own quest lines and you can build up your relationship with them and, and get closer to them and they gain new abilities. And they each have passive moves that will enhance as you get closer and if they're in your party you get those passive buffs. It's just, if you're turned off by farming games but you love action RPGs, do yourself a favor and just try it because you don't really need to farm. It's just for some money. I never even bought the, the stables to have animals and stuff like that. It's deep, but it's not necessary. And the, the, the story and the message that Square put in there, it's unbelievable and it's absolutely worth experiencing. So yeah, this, this was not originally on my list and it was the last revision because it just took me that much by surprise and I had to get it. I had to get it on the list
0: nice yeah i agree with uh with barry as well as this was like as i like how i approach um the year is I'll, I'll go through and i'll just list all the different games and put them all like if any games stood out i just put it on the list and then i'll go back and reorder um based on you know um what i think is the top games and everything and third-party games were the longest list by far like it was just like I kept listing games one after another. It was like, oh man, this is gonna be difficult to actually narrow it down. Uh, but uh I finally did. And um at at number three, um, I'm just gonna echo what Barry said. It's Harvestella. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a little surprise wow. on Barry's face right now. Wow. Uh, because uh yeah, of exactly what he just said. Um I took it to heart, Barry. I I, I trusted you, and you came through uh, exactly what you said. This is not a farming game whatsoever, um, and it's really unfortunate that, that it kind of got marketed like that. And for some reason, um, but uh, but it is not at all. Um, I the only the only negative I would have to say of. Uh, for it so far is I think the the dialogue could be cut down I think there's there's a little too much and it takes a little too much time and like I sat down and to to play and it it took like I don't know 20 minutes to get through a story element And I was like yeah I probably could have got there that in five minutes if I wanted to and I'm I'm like quickly going through it not even fully letting it go through so it's really my the only bad side of the game itself is is some of the dialogue um and i think they could cut it down a little bit but the the gameplay itself is fun um and it really is it's it's a final fantasy kind of game it's a xenoblade kind of game like if you're in if you enjoy that kind of stuff like harvestella is is something you definitely enjoy and it looks beautiful so yeah there's there's a few games on my list i'll just kind of a little bit of spoiler um for the future of what games you're going to hear me talk about and Harvestella is one of those that that falls in that category that I just wish the switch had some more power because I think <laughs> that game could look even more beautiful if they could pack it behind some 4K HDR graphics with 60 frames per second um but in spite of the switch's uh clear um limitations it still looks really really great so number 3 for me was Harvestella Number two for you, Barry, or for, sorry, Greg. (laughs) Trying to skip over, man. I I did, I did. So this game definitely, like,
2: caught me complete by surprise this year. So, like, after hearing um, Barry and Steve talk about it, it, drove me to very huge interest in order to pick it up and that is the life is strange true colors so this game came out like pretty early this year and i had no idea what i was expecting and then i really got grasped into the story i really liked that you could do all these different interactions with the characters and try to be on certain character sides and you can even go against other characters just kind of how you play it kind of how you want and you could play either as like how you would handle it if you were like that actual character, or if you just wanted to like make that character like the biggest jerk, you could do that too. I mean, the sky's the limit. You get to make the story how you want it. And each branch you take has different outcomes and affects other characters in different ways. So I was completely blown away by this kind of game and it was so much fun. And I definitely had to beat it and even recommended it onto my brother who immediately got really into it as well. So that was my, Number two pick, Life is Strange, True Colors.
0: Nice. Nice. All right, Barry, now it's on to you. Oh, let's now it's on to me.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, for my number two,
1: I had a feeling this was going to get there when this was announced just because I absolutely love the creator and I love the series. And it's one of those where if you've never played the series, you're honestly doing yourself a disservice. And that is AI, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. This is... It's a visual novel, but it's got so much more than that. It's got psychologically action-oriented puzzle-solving inside the psyche of each character as you dive in and find the hidden truths, as you unravel this story, this unbelievably killing story where, where seven years ago, uh, half of a body appeared just literally cut in half and seven years later, the other half appears. Why does that happen? And it's like intriguing right from the start. What is going on? How is this possible? And obviously this is a sequel, but it it builds so much more onto the original game, uh, adds so many new layers. And in typical fashion from this developer, once you think you figured it out, Once you have everything done, you're like, I know exactly what's happening. You literally have the rug pulled out from under you and it turns out you know nothing. And I love it that way. This is a game that everybody should give a try to. It is
0: amazing. Nice, nice. Well, my number two is uh, also a repeat. So um, I'm not copying Barry this time. I'm copying Greg because Life of Strange True Colors was so much fun. Uh, I had a blast playing this game and it was definitely one of those big surprises. Like I had no idea um, what I was getting myself into. I just, I got a code from, from square. They're like, Hey, you want to try out this game? And I was like, sure. Like I've heard cool things about it was so excited for it to, to come to Nintendo switch. Um, but I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. And as soon as I jumped into it, I immediately, uh, fell in love with the, the characters, the story. Um, it is based in Colorado. So that did, you know, grab my heart a little bit more. So they, they, they knew how to grab me in there. Um, but, uh, Uh, Yeah, it was just an amazing experience. my first foray into the life is strange world. And, um, clearly, you know, we, if you've been listening to the podcast, um, I've been trying to play out the rest of the games and which makes, of course, Barry so excited and happy to, to hear. And then, uh, then it, you know, of course got Greg into it as well. And so, um, before long, you know, we'll have a life is strange podcast because, uh, this, yeah, true colors has convinced Greg and I to, uh, to really jump into this this whole genre so yeah life is strange two colors number two for my AAA third party games this year so greg how about you for number one or your honorable mentions and then some number one pick yeah so for
2: honorable mentions it's pretty much a few games that i hadn't even played this year that i really had wanted to so like the first one was the mario and rabbit sparks of hope That's something I really hope to get into because it just seems like it's a lot of fun. And I actually did like the first one and I never even finished the first one. I wanted to before Sparks of Hope came out, but it just didn't happen. Um, The other one being Fire Emblem Warriors, the three hopes that came out earlier this year. And I also wanted to finish the first Fire Emblem Warriors game as well. And just wasn't something I was able to get completed and um, I did purchase the Fire Emblem Warriors from for the Black Friday event, so I did get a nice sale on it. And then finally, the last honorable mention I did play was like the Portal series. So I, this was my very first time playing Portal. I've heard it's been like some people's like all-time favorite game. Just kind of like my shirt here—that's some other people's all-time favorite game. So it definitely held its own, and I really enjoyed the Portal games. Um, till like I. This was very cool mechanics to get used to. Um, but number one kind of has to fall back on my number two pick, and I actually haven't even booted this up yet, and it's the Life of Strange 1 and 2 collection pack. So um, basically it took everything that I liked about True Colors, and I will definitely be starting this up probably Probably after the podcast, because I've been so excited to finally get some time to sit down and enjoy the first two games in the series. And based on Steve's experiences, having played it on a different system, it just seems like it's even better than True Colors. And that's what I'm most excited to be experiencing, hopefully later today. So that's my number one pick, the (coughs) Life of Strange collection.
0: Nice. Nice. All right, Barry. What do you
1: think? So, so this this year, I was honestly not expecting to be this good. In fact, I I unlike you guys, I make my list as it happens. So my original list, you know, contained some of these titles because this was a year where a lot of phenomenal titles that I played previously in previous years and were on my non Nintendo. Um, award list got ported to Switch. And I was so excited to talk about them again. And then this year was so great that I actually felt I would have to remove them um, just so I talked about new things. Uh, And and two of those titles are Life is Strange, the Arcadia Bay Collection, and True Colors. Uh, Absolutely love those games. Um, They're on there. Another one of those games which I'm representing on my shirt is the Denkin Rampa Decadence, which was originally on the list for the longest time. In fact, it was number three until Harvestella. And the reason is it was almost unfair because it's four games uh, in one. So it's really, really, you know, unfair. But they're all phenomenal games. I love the Denkin Rampa series. Uh, and uh, it's like, oh, man. And then, of course, Persona 5 Royal had the audacity to come out. Persona 5 Royal is phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal game. Absolutely top tier. Everyone should play it. Um, and, and absolutely deserves to be on the list. But again, I've talked about it before, um, and that's where it's just kind of like I do want to give some fairness to other um, games. Uh, just to round out my honorable mentions of ones that just came out this year. Uh, Rune Factory 5 I did enjoy, even though it was the weakest of them all. Chocobo GP. I uh, did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. It, uh, even though it has the whole seasons and crap, uh, just the single player there was enough content. Uh, Live Alive. Loved Live Alive. Thought it was a phenomenal JRPG. Absolutely worth playing. Uh, Yuru Kill. Uh, weird visual novel with, combined with shmups. Uh, just a really cool story. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Mario and Rabbids. Sparks of Hope. I 100%ed that game. I loved it. And it's not even in my top three. To tell you how good of a year this is. Um, and finally, uh, fantasy, uh, Klonoa Fantasy reverie series. Uh never played Clonoa before, came out this year, bought bought it and decided, "Hey, I've got some time, I'll play through both games." Uh platinumed it. Accidentally platinumed it because I was playing on PlayStation. Um, but it was just a phenomenal game. Uh, and it's on Switch, uh, so definitely tried that out. But yeah, my anyway, number one uh, I I had a feeling this was going to be number one just just at the start of the year knowing it was coming out, and that's The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero. This is, once again, another phenomenal game from Falcom, the best company out there that no one's playing their games and really should. This game is awesome. It is finally in America. We've been waiting for this game to come to America. This I believe originally it was in the PSP uh, and then Vita, but again, not here. <clears throat> so we finally get it. Uh, and the Switch version is actually superior to the PlayStation 4 version because it has a bunch of additions and add-ons uh, that the porting team did. Uh, This is the first half of the Crossbell duology, and you can jump into this. You don't need to play the previous games. Um, You can play it, but it's really interesting because it does take place, uh, at least the second half, at the start of Cold Steel. And there will be some references, and there will be some characters. And if this is your first game, you'll be like, I have no idea who you are, and, you know and in, by because i played other games when i saw them i'm like oh i love you or oh my god you stay away you son of a um it's just a great cast of characters uh, phenomenal story wonderful world the world in these games is a character uh just i think everyone needs to experience this if you like jrpgs if you like uh, games with political intrigue and deep storylines and just an enormous world you need to play these games. The combat is great. The graphics are old school. Great. They look sharp. They look sharp on switch. Um, and yeah, just, I can't wait for more of these games. I want more people to experience these games and this, I couldn't put this down. It was, it was a no brainer. This was, this is easily uh, my number one AAA third party title.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, as Barry said, Man, there were so many and I probably do need to start making my list as I as I go through the year. Um, But uh, but yeah, as I as I was making my list, um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, just just like this huge list. So I, I'm not gonna spend much time on it because most of these have actually been mentioned by by Greg and, and Barry already as well. Um, but Assassin's Creed, the uh Azeo collection. Um, love that they brought that collection over to, to Switch. Uh Triangle Strategy is on my honorable mention list, uh Persona 5 Royale, um Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, fantastic collection. Um, it did have that, you know, game-breaking glitch, but they fixed that. So that's that's good. Um 13 Sentinels. Um, Aegis Rim, uh came out this year. Uh, I put Fall Guys in this list because I feel like they probably could charge like full price if they did, but whatever. It's an honorable mention, so it doesn't really matter if it's in the wrong category. Um, I put uh, Sonic Origins. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure still about Sonic Frontiers, but Sonic Origins was a fantastic game on the previous system, so like yeah, to, to bring it over to switch, um, life is strange. Re, uh, the Arcadia Bay collection made on my honorable list mentions. I am more of a fan of true colors. Potentially because I played it first, um, potentially because it's also based in Colorado, potentially because <laughs> I, I think one of the reasons why I like true colors best is I love the soundtrack from that game above and beyond all the other soundtracks so far. Um, I just really fell in love with the music of that game. I felt like it was a really good package together. I totally understand why Barry would not put it at the top of his list, but uh, taking that, removing that, I just a really good cohesive experience that I had playing that one. But Arcadia Bay Collection, it's it's I love that it's it's on Switch, and uh, now Greg's going to get to experience it really soon. Uh, Live Alive as well. Um, no Man's Sky. Uh, It was surprised the crap out of me like I was so disappointed and I'm pretty sure like it made a list of my worst games of the year back when it originally came out on PlayStation. Um, I think, you know, I I was talking about like how I just feel like I wasted my money, but they have continued to put effort like solid effort into that game. And the fact that it's on switch is ridiculous. Um, And then also Greg mentioned too but the uh, portal companion collection. Um, Love that you can play Portal now on Switch. Uh, It makes a ton of sense. Um, But as you may have been able to narrow it down, uh, my top game surprised me so, so much. And that's Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Um, I never, ever, 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 ever imagined a strategy game would ever 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 be at the top of my list but oh my gosh I had so much fun with this game and and I love how they they took it in a different direction they took away the grid they took away things that normally keep people like me away from strategy games and they took those things away they changed it up they gave us a great story I wanted to know what was going on but it also wasn't a story that took over Like you still had a solid gameplay that it wasn't like wasted scenes or anything like that. They kept it moving really quickly. And uh, I sunk so much time into this game, far more than I ever, ever imagined that I would sink into uh, a strategy game. And I had so much fun. So Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, my top third party game for 2022. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm happy to see that.
1: At least one of us got it on the list. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: so <I> good. Know. <laughs> so your, your honorable mention is my number one.
2: <laughs> see, and
1: that's you, you mentioned 13 Sentinels. That's another one I forgot to put in the honorable mentions. I played that last year. Loved it. One PS4. So happy it's there. And Sonic Frontiers, unfortunately, I haven't even had a chance to try, so I couldn't nominate it. But that's another honorable mention, just from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I
2: didn't put that out there. I mean, Steve um, did put my number one as an honorable mention, too, so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, cool. Uh, what did uh, what our community have to say about uh, sure. Third Party? So, Dave on
1: our team said the best, best third party for him was 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Great choice, Dave. A phenomenal title. Uh, Jakester said, for him, Triangle Strategy, number three for, for uh, Greg. And for Roger on Twitter uh did not put one actually so it looks like that's it for for that
0: category nice Jake just said he would have put a lego star wars if it wasn't for that glitch but it's gone now it's gone you don't have to worry about that <laughs> but uh also says it needs to get live alive and uh, i'm not sure which maybe he's talking about uh, uh harvestella, harvestella. Yeah. gives Harking him ceno blade yeah. vibes yeah yeah so cool What's well, third party. So many great games from third party this year, but uh, we're not stopping there. We're moving into the top Nintendo games. These games were developed slash published by Nintendo. So these are the, uh, there's a potentially, you know, there's, there's a lot of third parties that are system sellers, but typically these are the, these are the, some of the system sellers that will get people to buy a switch if they don't have one yet. Uh, so We'll start in with Greg of course on the number th- 3 best first party game of of uh, 2022.
2: Well, I didn't think that I would be putting this kind of game like as a in my list in general, but I don't know if it's gonna be a slight to Barry or maybe it, he is kind of colored impressed. But by um, number three, actually put down for Xenoblade Chronicles three. So um, I've been kind of known to kind of rip on the previous games in the the at least the numbered series on older Nintendo hardware, but I can't say. I have found anything that i really strongly disliked about this third one so i've well, i've only been able to jump in a med- like a measly like two or three hours or whatever it still has me engaged like i went out and like bought a copy of the game just in order to continue it just time hasn't allowed me to put in any more effort like everything is just really gorgeous i am kind of getting engaged with the story and everything has been pretty fun so far so Um, unfortunately it's down here as number three. It perhaps could be a lot higher had I had more time with it, but unfortunately that's just where things had to land for this year. So by number three is Xenoblade Chronicles 3.
1: All right. I'm both impressed and disappointed (laughs) because you didn't, (laughs) you you needed more time. (laughs) You needed more time. Um, (laughs) I just quick interject. uh, I was incorrect with Roger. He did put Mario and rabbits as his best third party. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to say that quickly. I, that was my bad. All right. So best Nintendo. So what the problem I had with the last category, I didn't have with this one. Hmm. This this I found was a really overall lackluster year for Nintendo. <clears throat> so my number three happened really, really early in the year. It happened in January. Um, took me by surprise and made me feel like a kid again, and that was Pokemon Legends Arceus. This is the game I wanted when I was in high school after Red and Blue and came out and I got to play them and watch the anime. And I was like, this needs to be on the N64. We could do this. We could make this happen. I thought of ideas. Uh, and of course it took them this long to finally give us a game remotely what I was thinking of. <clears throat> this is awesome. This is just the the survey aspect, the the way the Pokedex works, the way that you could just catch Pokemon without battling, the way they they use alpha Pokemon, which would make sense in the wild to have an alpha per group, and like the the side quest, the world, I mean, it's it's open area, it's not open world, but the areas themselves are big, you get multiple Pokemon to traverse uh, the area with and make it faster, and yeah, it's just... It's, it's almost like a greatest hits. It's got some great Pokemon from all different generations. It's got some brand new exclusive variants and versions. And uh, I just, if you're thinking about Pokemon, this is one game I would recommend trying
0: on switch. It is just that good. Nice. Nice. All right. So my number three. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you there, Barry. Um, there's not a, there weren't a lot of first party games this year. Um, but uh but i did to like um i think I, I think i put this in the right category um so you guys can correct me if i'm wrong um i have been a i have been known to mess up with this particular uh ip in the past um, but I'm pretty sure I put it in the right category. I think I got, I think I got finally got it in the right year um, as well. Uh, Bayonetta 3 <laughs> made its way <laughs> into number three uh, for me for Switch. Uh, Platinum is just uh, fantastic. It puts out some great games and um, yeah, it may not be the strongest of, of the Bayonetta games, but it's still really great. There's so many great action and I like where they took the game uh, this year in some different uh, different ways that they, they tried to branch out and change it up to keep it fresh and i think that's that's why it found its way to number three because of the ways they tried to kind of reinvigorate the game the the franchise um take it in some new directions and make it make it fresh this is one of those games though that uh that i alluded to earlier that i think if the nintendo switch wasn't holding it back it would look even better um it does look good but there are some washed out Elements to it, and I think it's really—it has nothing to do with the game; it's more the hardware itself. Um, but uh, but up close, it's it's a fantastic looking game, and uh, yeah, the action, um, all those elements. Uh, you guys know I'm a big action fan, so um, yeah, Bayonetta three for for number three. So, all right, Greg, how about number two? So I mean, uh, Bayonetta two is number two. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, it has <laughs> been three years running.
2: <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> Um, my number two is just a little bit more game that came out a little bit more recently. And it's, again, it's one that I probably didn't have a, as much time with it as I would have liked. But um, it's another game that wanted to use a, have a third iteration on the Switch, and that is uh, Splatoon 3. So um, I have really liked the Splatoon story, like even though it's been very basic in the very first two games. And I really wish I had a lot more time to go through and actually complete like the story of Splatoon 3. So I've kind of just dabbled in with some of the multiplayer, just getting kind of all the controls down and everything. But again, just like Xenoblade 3, I haven't really sunk as much time as I would have liked into it. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing how they kind of do differently with the story in this particular game as like the last two have, I've really enjoyed so much that I like bought the Octo expansion for Splatoon 2. So I'm was really happy to see when this game was initially announced and glad to have it on my list as it just came out this last year. So number two is a uh, Splatoon three.
0: Nice. Barry, how about you? Number number two,
1: yeah, this was a weird year for me
0: because this is
1: one of the rare years where there's actually two titles from the same IP appearing in my list. <laughs> Cause number two is Pokemon Scarlet slash Violet. Uh, I know, I know, the game has bugs, the game has poor frame rates at parts, the game has choppy textures, and yeah, I get that. But it's fun as hell, and I really don't care. And you know what, a lot of that stuff you could just laugh at. The ambition, the stuff they did, the way they took the story, the way they've implemented raids and the way it works, the just the open world, unlike Arceus, the one thing holding Arceus back for me was the fact that it was open area. And this is not. This is open world. This you could tackle in any order. This you can go where you want to go. You could, you know, catch what you want to catch. You, you know, just it. It's just a great experience overall. And for all the criticisms that people have been saying about it, uh, you'll often find those same people say they're still having fun. And for me, some people rate graphics the best. Some people rate frame rate the best. Some people rate, you know accessibility the best and for me it's all about fun factor gameplay and fun factor and if a game has that a game has that and I absolutely got to give it to this because this game I've had so much fun in this game uh, and I can't put it down uh, it's just
0: it's awesome nice nice yeah I keep hearing about like all the uh, the things it's what's held me back from getting it so far because I was like I don't know I don't know I don't know but uh, you know We'll give you some news later on that they just released a patch. So hopefully they'll keep making it better and better experience. But, uh, my number two also surprised me. Um, it's a game franchise that I never really liked that much, but man, did they turn it around for me when they released Kirby in the forgotten land? Um, Man, like I always thought Kirby was a lackluster franchise with simple, really, really easy uh, gameplay that just it wasn't challenging enough for me. And it just it was like a breeze. And I always felt like it was just like meh. Um, But gosh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land is totally different. Takes this, you know, 3D approach and uh, and really gives it a new thing. I I think um, I've heard. A lot of people talk to me like this is what Kirby should be like moving forward. And I totally agree, Um, really just brought a lot of different mechanics into it. Um, The 3D gameplay just gives more freedom. There actually is a little more of a challenge this time around. It's not like an incredibly difficult game by any means, but there is a little more challenge in this in this uh, game. And uh, yeah, it also looks great because Nintendo knows how to handle their own software or hardware limitations and actually be able to put out some (laughs) solid games. They may need it to tell the Pokemon team about that, um, but, um, but uh, man, Kirby looks fantastic. It was so much fun to play through and uh, yeah, if you don't have it, there's a, uh, there's free demo, so make sure you check that out. Oh, that's my number two. So Greg, how about you for uh, honorable mentions and your number one pick? So my honorable mentions, I just have Violet and Scarlet listed there. I'm
2: pretty sure that they would probably be much higher up on the list, but with just due to all the kind of controversy around, like all those graphic gr- glitches and everything, I don't know how I kind of feel about those. So I do feel bad about leaving them off, like on, in general. So that's why I just left them as a honorable mention, um, hoping to be able to play that come this Christmas time with my daughter so just definitely looking forward to that in general but uh number one for me was uh i guess steve's number two so i (laughs) did really like kirby a a lot i have not really played really any of the kirby games outside of like a few of the virtual consoles that were released that were like free pretty much like if they were like 20 cents on wii u or whatever they were um those were the only ones that i kind of had played and they never really stuck too much like with me to really pursue other parts of the series. But this one really wowed me completely. I was very interested from the initial trailers and I usually like like the collect on kind of style games. And you're just trying to find all the different stuff and all the different levels. And I had a complete blast playing it. I was so much fun. I couldn't stop. Like my daughter was so intrigued to start her own account. And I was able to play co-op with her and help her out through some of the more challenging aspects for her. So that was easily a number one pick for me for the Nintendo published titles this year.
1: Nice. Nice. How about you, Barry? Uh, yeah. For my honorable mentions, I put both Kirby and a three, two phenomenal games, two games. I absolutely enjoyed and uh, had a blast and uh, Kirby was almost, almost on the list, but I, I just had a little more fun with RCS and Kirby um, so I had a rate it lower and I, I wish I had more honorable mentions. I really do. But Nintendo, in my opinion, had a pretty lack. Of, and I, it's not like I didn't play other Nintendo games. Mario Strikers was not worthy of that honorable mention spot. Stuff. Maybe but uh, eventually
0: when they finish the game, maybe <laughs> when it's finally finished.
1: Um, but yeah, it should be no surprise. Uh, my number one is Xenoblade Chronicles three. I mean, what, what is left to to say about this game it this is one of those things where if you have not played it you're honestly doing yourself a disservice if you have not tried it you're doing yourself a disservice if you have not given it a listen to the beautiful score you're doing yourself a disservice the story is phenomenal The gameplay is phenomenal. The open world is phenomenal. The quests, the characters, the emotions. There's not many games that make me cry. This game made me cry. And a lot of people cry at this game. This game has one of those pivotal moments that is unlike any other title, especially from Nintendo. It's probably the most mature game Nintendo has ever released. Uh, It is just amazing in every scope. The fact that even Jeff Keighley nominated it for Game of the Year for the Game Awards speaks volumes to the recognition of this game and the quality of this game because we all know how those like to to cater towards certain things. But yeah, th- this is just, you need to try this. You need to play this. You need to get past the first chapter, Greg. And, you know, you really get into the hook of the game and play it because, yep. my God, it is it's beautiful it's just just
0: beautiful nice well uh, on to me and uh i actually did have a i had a couple more honorable mentions than uh than you guys but um they're gonna sound familiar um pokemon legends arceus <laughs> uh fire emblem three hopes uh pokemon scarlet and violet uh and also splatoon three we're all on my honorable mentions um so i feel like we've heard those games before um and uh when it comes down to uh my number one there are several games that i think that will kind of last like beyond what they are and i think this is this is one of those games that that When I talked about earlier, like when I I think about this last year, um, I've just had in general less time, you know, as I get older, which is really unfortunate to like sink into games. Um, but there's a lot of times where you, you look at a game and, and you know that it's good and you know, that it's one of those times that like, if only I had the time to really sink into a game, I would dedicate the time to experience all the greatness of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, so it is... Uh, it's, it's rare that a game will top the list when all I've done is hear people talk about it, watch gameplay online, which I have done, um, as I don't have the time to actually play it itself, but I've watched... A lots of gameplay online and I've heard Barry talk about it and I've heard Greg talk about it and I've heard the music myself and I've seen all the a lot of the stuff from the game and I, I've i not actually put a controller in my hand but I feel like I've experienced a lot of aspects of the game uh, in that way because it there was just so much pulling me into it and uh, and if it really was it was it's really for the lack of time that I think is the only reason why I've, I've not um, experienced it myself but but it's a game that like I rarely will look up gameplay for games and watch it because I want to know what that game is all about and experience it. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is is one of those games that I have done. I specifically looked it up and watched gameplay um, because I didn't have the time to, to experience it. But I wanted to experience it through other people. And through that, I was like, this game really is great. Barry's not lying. It really does deserve the number one spot. So That's my my number one. I had a
1: feeling it was your number one, but I was really hoping you told me that you were hidden (laughs) offline because you were actually playing it. Because then we could talk about it. So I'm excited and disappointed
0: (laughs) with that regard. That's that's fair. That's fair. That's the same opinion he got of
2: me. So you know, (laughs) that's that's the kind of praise he's given out
0: tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can take it. I can take it. Yeah. Well, I yeah. still want
1: you to experience it. You should experience it's it. It's true. Actually. And I, I
0: think what I what I've realized, I actually experienced this when I was playing Harvestella, actually. I, I realized that I really like I enjoy Xenoblade so much. I enjoy the opposite of what Greg enjoys. He's not a big fan of the combat. I, I enjoy the combat a lot. What I don't enjoy is the the dialogue. And I think that's what kind of drew me back. Like I said earlier about Harvestella, it was like, there's a lot of dialogue that just kind of makes the story kind of drag a little bit. And there's some extra things that I'm like, they probably could have cut back. And I think that that's really the only negative that I have about either of those games, because I was like, I really wanted to progress a little faster because I only have so much time to be playing. Um, And so that's, that's really the only negative. And that is, that's a nitpick if, if if, at best um, about either of those games. So the the story is where it's
1: at, which is a weird thing. Like one chapter, I'm not going to say which one chapter literally ends with about a 35 to 40 minute movie. And the second chapter begins with about a 20 to 25 minute movie. And it literally, it, it, it's one of those that it can't be, there's no gameplay. It has to tell its story. And that, that segment is so impactful it is it is a better love story than twilight just like just like that you know kind of <laughs> well, that doesn't take much
0: um, <laughs> it's a meme if you remember those oh yeah but it's, it's just so good yeah when i think that's like in general like i would put xenoblade over Harvestella because i that's not only is the dialogue a little long too but it's clicking through and everything i love how xenoblade is it's it plays out in front of you it's it's fully voice cast all those different things is is makes it a better experience to go through the story for sure so, yeah, I agree there. Yeah. So uh, what our community Let's... have to say about the best Nintendo games? Um,
1: so Dave gave it to Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Jakester, because he's being good, gave it to Xenoblade 3. <laughs> um, Poopa said that uh, he's said Kirby in the Forgotten Land is great, and he can't wait to get around to Bayo 3. That might be his game of the year. So I don't know if he's talking about Kirby or Bayo 3, but both great choices. Logan said he could certainly say Kirby in the Forgotten Land is fun playing with his kids. We haven't beaten it yet, but it's still good fun. So I'm guessing that's his game of the year from Nintendo. And uh, Roger on Twitter said it was Pokemon Legends Arceus.
0: Nice. Nice. We're kind of all on the same page here in there. So, Only because there's less Nintendo games this year. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, the first it's party. a party. This was like the easiest
2: category to like do this time around. It really was. Yeah. Normally it's the most complex and difficult one. You have to like do like (laughs) all sorts of math equations just to try to
0: get it in the right order. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Well, we're going to move away from Nintendo just for a bit and uh, have a little quick discussion around games that come out on other systems that uh, we would to acknowledge so these will not find its way into our final game of the year categories at all or anything like that but uh but yeah i thought we, we could just like quickly go through um some of the games that we experienced or we heard about or whatever the case is the top games that they kind of really grabbed our attention whether we played them or not um these are the games that really kind of rose to the top that unfortunately can't play them on nintendo as of yet um and i'm Pretty sure some of these you'll probably never be able to play on Switch. Um, But uh, there's there's a reason why it's not on Switch yet. Um, But uh, yeah, do you you guys want to go through maybe just like three, two, one, all the way through your list? Or do you just want to keep going around the circle? Okay. All right. Here we go. Number three from Greg. Yeah, this
2: will be short as I haven't actually played any of these three games, but this is games that I would be playing if they were on Switch. So um, Uncharted is just like a series that I really would like to get into if I had another, uh, like a PlayStation console. So I put the Uncharted collection as the number three, just because it's just like a, sounds like it's one of the best versions of it and get like all the different games, like completely remastered and all together. So it seems like a no-brainer to put
0: as a number three pick for me. Nice, nice. I'm a, bit, I'm a big fan of Uncharted. I've only played like one of them, but it's pretty pretty fun. Uh,
1: Barry, how about you? Good pick, Greg. I, I marathoned the Uncharted games last year and uh, phenomenal. Loved them. Um so great pick. Um, my number three came as a surprise because the fifth entry in the series, I did not really care for. Uh, I beat it, but I did not care for it. And I had low expectations for the sixth one. And I walked away very, very happy. And that, of course, is Star Ocean, The Divine Force, the sixth Star Ocean title. This game is, I would love to see it on Switch if, if TriAce and Square could do it. This is just an epic tale that I was really worried was going to be like all one planet, and it's not. There's multiple planets you get to go to. It's got a great sci-fi story. It's got two main protagonists that will separate at different parts of the story. So you only get to see one part of it unless you play through both playthroughs, which I did not do, I just did the one playthrough. Um, The story is great, the the graphics look great, the characters are great, the music, it's just the, the, the fluid for me, it was like combat. Talking about like the action combat, you know, the action combat in this is awesome. The the mobility is great because you get this ability to fly. You can kind of fly anywhere and 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 stuff for limited times and just explore. And yeah, if you haven't played it, it's definitely worth a look. And it does have a demo that carries over.
0: Nice, nice. You know, one thing that I uh, that I really think. This is gonna be be sad if you're watching the video version. You're watching the trailers that we're playing. Um, this whole section is it's gonna just looks so much better than the Switch games we've been playing. <laughs> and uh, and and one of the the series that I have never played but has always been uh, just oh uh, gosh uh, just looks so good and looks like a game that I. Would definitely love if i owned a ps5 and and that's horizon forbidden west um i think just the the concept of you know taking a lot of what i love about the zelda franchise and it just looks really good and looks amazing it looks like there's just a huge world to explore and um yeah it's probably a game that's never ever 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 gonna come on switch but uh but if, if someone wants to gift me a PS5 and a copy of this game, I'll probably enjoy it. But um, <laughs> as of yet, it's one of those games that ah, uh, that'd be great to play and great to experience and, and enjoy. But uh, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West is my number three pick.
2: Greg, so for like my you. yeah for my number two, this one I actually don't understand why it's not on switch because it's actually an indie game of all things so um my number two is stray which is like just about being like being able to control like a little cat uh animal thing and I kind of am puzzled why it's not on switch like I somehow I don't remember how I like learned about its existence but it seemed like it was gonna be a game that th- probably could be on switch but I don't know if there's just something that it can't run on the hardware or if there's just some sort of exclusivity contracts in place or whatever. But um, yeah, this one really fascinated me and I was definitely one that I would want to pick up if it was possible. So number two is Stray.
0: Nice. Nice. How about you, Barry? My number two,
1: uh, if you told me last year it's my number two, I would tell you you're full of crap because (laughs) it was announced and I had no excitement about it. And I showed more trailers, and I had no excitement about it. And people raved to me, and I had no excitement about it. And it came out, and I didn't pre-order it. And then reviews started coming in, and people started talking about it. And it kind of got that little bug in my ear, like, maybe I'll give it a try. And I tried it, and it's now my number two for a reason. And that is, of course, Elden Ring. I am not a Souls fan. I've tried three previously. It did not None of them have captured me because of the difficulty and people will know that I usually play games on casual just to experience the story and experience the game and and not play things. And, and of course, the developers here are famously known for refusing to put any kind of difficulty mode in. And it is what it is. And that being said, I still put one hundred and fifty hours into this game. I still beat this game. The open world is gorgeous. It's just beautiful. It so many secrets. So many things I didn't expect. Like, oh, I'm gonna go down this well and oh look, this is giant underground city that's like the size of like the Great Plateau or <laughs> in Breath of the Wild to explore. And and the combat was actually forgiving. And when I died, I really felt I screwed up, not the game screwed up. And it does have a very handy summon system where you can summon an aide to help you and playing offline. And that helped me. Without that, I probably would never have finished it. But just the farming, farming for, you know, souls or, or the equivalent of souls to level up and playing different classes and just, yeah, this game surprised the hell out of me. And I do recommend it if you like open
0: world action RPGs, because it is really good. Nice. Nice. Well, um, I'm just going to jump right in and say I agree with Barry on, on number <laughs> two. <laughs> I I'll Elden Ring Um and, and actually, like I'll just spoil it ahead of time, all three of my top three games are these fall into categories of games that I want to play and from what I've seen and heard and everything um, and why they they found their way to the top, because um, I really didn't play a whole lot of uh, of third party or non Nintendo console stuff this year, except for like rocket league and life is strange. Um, So I didn't find my way into these games, but again, like I talked about earlier, I don't have 150 hours to sink into a game. Um, But if I had 150 hours, I'd be playing this game for sure. Um, from from all that you guys have talked about and just the experience that that is there, plus it just looks amazing. Um, but again, I would need to uh, get some upgraded hardware in order to probably play it as well um, and, and I fully experience what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, Elden Ring, even even with all the convoluted stuff and you know having to do your own research and figure out what's going on. It still uh is a fantastic game and definitely never coming to Nintendo Switch. But uh if it did, (laughs) you should pick it up. (laughs) So back to Greg for your any honorable mentions if you have them and then your number one.
2: I didn't really find too many honorable mentions to include because I was really trying to look up like Xbox and like PC and other games and I didn't really see a lot of other ones that would have caught my attention. I did see a lot of the games that were out on Switch like was released as like on indies for PlayStation 4 and Xbox and such, but we might as well just keep the pattern going here. It seems like your guys' number 2 goes down it's like my number 1. So, um Elden Ring, let's talk about it tomorrow, all right? <laughs> like if I had more time in another console, this is probably a game that I easily would have picked up hopefully i would have been able to put in some more time into it but it probably would have also took away time that i did get to spend into to xenoblade so um that's probably why i don't have another console and if i did i don't know how i would manage my time between it and the switch so um, this is a game i would absolutely love to play if it was on switch and i understand it's way too big for the switch to handle but who knows, maybe with the Switch successor, make might be able to make an appearance over there. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what the feature holds there. So number one for me, Elden Ring. All
0: right. All right. Barry, how about you?
1: My honorable mentions are, if someone's listening to this, going like, oh, I could already picture what number one's going to be, then well, I'm going to dash your hopes right here with honorable mentions. Uh, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins. I had a blast with that earlier this year. I uh, did not expect, again, to, to enjoy it as much. The demo was okay, but it didn't really hook me. But being Final Fantasy, I gave it a shot, and I was pleasantly surprised uh, And pot finishing it. A Horizon 2 Forbidden West uh, had a great time with that. The open world was great. The, the scenery was good. The story was great. It did have that fatigue system, though, for me personally, where it just – and it's probably Elden Ring's fault. Because it got to the point where I was just like, I could go after all these other little hidden areas or other these little areas on my map and see what it is. But I'd rather just finish the game and start Elden Ring because they came out right back to back. And um, that I think that was just a little bit of an unfortunate, but it's still a great game and I had a, fun, a lot of fun with it. Uh, and I haven't finished it yet, but thus far I'm really enjoying God of War Ragnarok but it goes an honorable mentions uh, just the story is good. I'm the, my biggest thing is they're actually acknowledging the first three games because God of war four, which is just called God of war. It was like, Oh yeah, no, no. Now we're doing Norse mythology. The Greek stuff didn't happen. And like, we're not going to talk about that. And now it's all like, no, that all happened. One to three happened. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the PSP games are going to be mentioned. Chains of Olympus and, and Ghost of Sparta. And like, I'm like, oh, okay, now you're doubling back on this. Why don't you just call the other one God of War 4 and this Got to War 5 Ragnarok? Come on. Uh, because that's really what it is. But it's, it's beautiful. A lot of fun. Great voice acting. Uh, just a, a great game. But, but what could be number one? Well, number one falls in the loophole that the fact that we go from December to, to November and not January to December, as this game came out last December. Uh, so it falls into that and absolutely blows everything else away from, for non-Nintendo, and that is Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Wow. Just wow. If you're a moviegoer and you like the MCU, uh, you know the impact of Infinity War and Endgame. And you, you know the buildup after all those years. You know the excitement. You know the thrill the, the Avengers assemble. You got those goosebumps when those portals opened. It was awesome. Well, that is the equivalent of this. This is the culmination of over 10 years of storytelling. This is the finale of this epic arc. The, this did it in a way that was so satisfying. It... it beat you down. It lifted you up. It made you question everything you knew. And it's just such a good story, such an experience. It's more than just a story. It's an experience. It's an experience you could do solo. You can experience with friends. And I think experiencing it with friends and, and my wife just amplified it because all those moments of, oh my God, got to experience them with other people. All those experiences of I can't believe they did that. You know, I got to experience it with other people. You know, walking on the moon and running around for the first time got to experience that with other people. It's just something great. And and one of my favorite Final Fantasies is Final Fantasy IV on the Super Nintendo. A lot of people love that and that was a big inspiration for this. There's a lot of Final Fantasy IV lore in this and, and inspiration. And yeah, if you haven't played Final Fantasy 14, you're just doing yourself a disservice. Try the free trial. Play it for free. Get hooked. It's the most single-player-friendly like, friendly MMO out there, and it is a mainline Final Fantasy for a reason. The the story... Uh, yeah, just, just do it, but bring a box of tissues, because, my God, this is the only game this year, I think, that can rival Xenoblade 3 in terms of emotional story, and that's because of 10 years' worth of build-up. It's just that good.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, if only uh, Squared didn't screw me over in my uh, my account and robbed me of my demo, I'd be there playing at least the demo of it. But uh, I've tried so many times on the computer, and then I tried over my PlayStation, and they like, no, you've already tried the trial. Like, but I never started it. I downloaded it, but I never started it. What, like? I'm if it wasn't so much be so much frustration to that would be like to create a new account with Square, I'd do it. But I don't want to like lose everything just for this game, so I haven't yet. Um but I've been tempted to just it's because so of that. <laughs> <laughs> so good, just because of that well uh for my number one um i didn't have any honorable mentions um i'll just throw you know rocket league and its continued uh stuff in an honorable mention um but uh but for my <laughs> that's actually a multi uh, so, uh system now so it doesn't matter um my my number one i really i put this at number one because it really comes down to um innovation i think for me i love when a game Goes in a direction that I don't think I've ever seen before, or at least it's new to me. I'm pretty sure it's fairly new in general, and and it was really cool to see it. So, um, you know, better than Horizon, better than Elden Ring. Um, Actually, Greg and I switched our number ones and number twos because uh, I put Stray at at number one. Um, I just love this concept. I, I like. I thought it was so dumb when I first heard about it, and then the more gameplay I watched, the more I go why have we never done this before? <laughs> like it's such a, a novel concept to like see a world through a cat's eyes and it could be able to experience that and everything. And so, um, yeah, I just thought it was a really fun, cool way of, of going about a game and uh, made just made it in it a completely different experience than than we've done before and so um yeah for innovation alone uh i i'm giving it to stray for number one non-nintendo console game this year so yeah, yeah. and uh yeah i think that's it's, that's also on ps4 right like they they backward did it yeah so good. maybe uh, maybe i'll actually fire up my ps4 for the first time in a year and maybe try it i don't know we'll see <laughs> So uh anybody any of our community pick any any nope. All right. No one likes non-Nintendo consoles. Why we even talk about it? (laughs) No, there's some great games out there, uh for sure. And uh again, if it wasn't for time and money, be sinking a lot more into it, all of them. So let's let's move into this next category uh this is one of my fun the funnest categories um i love that we we added this a few years ago and uh it's it's such a blast so we're gonna we're gonna shed away all the you know critical acclaim of different games and and we're gonna gonna be solely based on our experience alone what were the worst games that you played this year uh games that uh some of these games were just really bad. Some of them just had a horrible experience with it. And uh, yeah, we're just going to dig into the top three or the bottom three of the <laughs> worst games of the year and give some dishonorable mentions as well awesome. along the way. So,
1: quick uh, um, interject first. Uh, I was incorrect. Jake Stray did correct me. He did say Stray was his best game on a non-Nintendo system. So another Stray fan there.
0: Cool. Cool. So, all right, Greg, kick it off with your bottom third or top three, I don't know, whatever it is, number three for worst game of the year.
2: Yeah, so unfortunately, like we did get a code for this game that we covered on an earlier podcast this year. Um, it was very difficult for me to get up and running, and then even then me and Steve had some online time with, and this one was the Conan Chop Chop game. So um, it just seemed like it was just very hard to play like just in general because i even had difficulty just starting like the game because like it wasn't didn't seem like it was straightforward i was like hitting like a to like try to progress just to begin an actual log and it made it seem like you were required to play with friends but i don't know what it was doing wrong if it was maybe it just was a par- partially a bug or something but i i don't know it just Felt like it was very difficult to manage. And then me and Steve had some online time. And even then, it didn't even make it any more fun. Like We were really struggling to even make it through one area. So I don't know how people can get much farther into the game. But I don't know. I just didn't really like the way that it was handled. And didn't really impress me a whole lot. So that was my number three is the Conan Chop Chop.
0: Conan Chop Chop, a game that I almost forgot about. So oh. Barry, how about your number three? My number three was a
1: game that um, both Greg and I actually reviewed. And I just, I wanted to like this game so much. And boy, did it make it really hard to, even though it had good concepts. And that was Book Quest. I just, I like the concepts uh, of the, the love Zelda, Zelda look. It's got the, the kind of like a *Links Awakening* in between going you know different areas where it goes side scroller. Uh, I love I love that. I think that's so great. Uh, but the game was a little rough around the edges. And then the stupid stupid dragon needs to die in a fire because that is probably one of the worst bosses. That was harder than *Elden Ring* bosses. All right, that and it was it shouldn't have been. It was it was just bad game design, lack of telegraph moves and it just it just felt like this game was not done it felt like this was i'm not even gonna say alpha build because it's better than an alpha build it feels like a beta build and it feels like there was more stuff to do and it was like nope done throw it out in the, in the market and I, I hated it because i really 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 wanted to like this game and i just i could not I just couldn't
0: yeah yeah i'm glad you guys told me about it so i stay away from the dragon <laughs> uh yeah um i i think before we jump into this i think it's really interesting that um a lot of these games and a little, little spoiler ahead of time but uh a lot of the games are games that we've reviewed and i feel really bad about like companies are like hey here's a here's a code to play our game and you're like oh great <laughs> Now I got to tell them that their game sucks. Uh, But uh, yeah, number three didn't completely suck for me, but it it was uh, a lot less of a fun experience than I than I expected, um, especially because of who it came from. So my number three is Lego Brawls. And um I really thought the concept behind this would be great. It's like a, you know, Smash Brothers kind of game for but Lego characters and bring it all in. But it's just like one button and the hits are just the hitboxes and everything is just just trash and uh and like, it's it's definitely made for kids, but kids that don't really care, um, <laughs> I think. And so, like, do yourself a favor. Definitely don't even consider LEGO Brawls. Just go over to a better game like Smash Brothers uh, because LEGO Brawls is, is just a waste of time. Like, you'll eventually, like... Level up your characters and get all these different things to be able to make your, you know, minifigs exactly as you want them. But but you never want to get there because the gameplay itself is just bad. And so I just I put it down after just a couple minutes because it was so such a bad experience Uh, and I wanted to like it, but not so much. So Lego Brawl is number three for me. How about you, Greg, for number two?
2: So normally, this publisher would normally stay stay clear of this particular list. Um, I usually don't try to rank games by this publisher in this particular list that we're covering in this category. So um, this is probably, could be a shock to some, but my number two is the Nintendo switch sports. So um, I absolutely loved Wii sports. I loved everything about it. I liked being able to play with friends and family locally, the motion, everything worked great. Um, I did kind of, get kind of iffy when it came on Wii U and you get to play it online, it was kind of solid there. which is just bringing back the classic games here, but I really, didn't like nintendo switch sports because it one they removed all the me's which i felt like was their kind of stand-in character they used for just about everything else outside this game for some reason um and then plus with like the limited like engagement with other players like you can can't even like do like, any sort of chats and everything unlocks so flipping slowly and you need to do pretty much play it every day and there's not really a reason for me to want to even turn it back on because like you have very little customizations that you can do, you have to unlock them all after repetitive play like gameplay. And that's just not something I could get down behind. And I feel like this was a mostly lazy port on Nintendo's end to bring this forward this year. So, um, that's my number two pick Nintendo switch sports.
0: Yeah. A little too, little too late for that one. Barry, how about you for number two? And Nintendo
1: Switch Sports was disappointing, but uh, it didn't make my top three, that's for sure. Um, my number two was a game that I heard a lot of people excited about, especially when it was in the trailer. Steve, or in the, the the showcase, Steve seemed to show some enjoyment out of it, even though it didn't look good for me, but I said, I will review it with you because why not? Maybe you'll maybe surprise me and Oh, it surprised me, all right, but in the wrong ways. And that is The Sorrow Virus, a faceless short story. Uh, I'm not a big first-person fan anyways, but I do like psychological thrillers. And the psychological part of this was fantastic. And the actual story part of it was also fantastic. The execution seemed okay, but it it just didn't work the way I wanted it to. I wanted more, I expected more. And while it was clever, it just failed in execution for me. and I felt it was too cryptic. I felt it, like you were always racing against the clock, so you had to touch the clock to reset time, but you was no indicator if you were about to die or not. I don't know. it was creepy. it was weird. It was just it made me sick. <laughs> it was just. Just, a, it was a surreal experience. It almost feels like playing through this game, which I did, and I completed the game, at least one of the endings. It felt like a fever dream. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel bad, you know, saying it, but it just, and if you love it, great. It might be perfect for you, but for me, it, it just made my list of worst. Number two.
0: All right. All right. Well, for me, for number two is a, a game that, um, I really did think it would. I would enjoy um, because I'm a big fan of uh, some of some shmups, but uh, this uh, game Rick Henderson did not do it for me at all. Um, in fact, it it just had me wanting to throw my controller. It had me. I want to uh, just stop playing. The only reason I played so much of it uh, as I did is because we had to review it. Um, it just wasn't a good experience. It was very blah for the most part. And it, and as you're watching the trailer, you're like, there's so much going on. How could you think that's blah? But it really, it was just kind of repetitive. And there's some parts that were just incredibly difficult to get through. Not really fun. Um very few variations in what uh, the gameplay was uh, as you try to, uh, you know, try to try out different characters and all these different things. It promised so much and really under delivered. And uh, and it was a game that I really, you know, possibly maybe would want to uh, compete with other people. But that's that's really the reason why I may play it again. Um, if it was just for gameplay itself, I, I, I set it down and I never touched it again and uh, deleted it from my switch as soon as I could. So unfortunately Rick Henderson, number two. So Greg, how about you for number one or any dishonorable mentions and then your number one? So I forgot to kind of list a dishonorable mention on the list that I had sent you beforehand,
2: but I think I would probably actually add book quest on there as Barry kind of indicated about it before. I unfortunately did struggle through it and I did actually beat the game, but um, I guess it wasn't at worse enough to make the top three this time around. So, um, kind of piggyback, piggybacking on this uh, publisher, that I don't usually put on this list for number one. I want to do a preface to this that I was very initially excited for this game to be announced as it falls through a, like a series that hasn't been around since now Wii, um, but that's actually Mario Strikers Battle League. So it's pretty much like they took nintendo switch sports and just like how can we make this even worse i know let's just remove all the content and all the different characters that people would actually want to use like daisy and other big high like headliners that are normally in all these sports games like at the on the actual launch not like added in later and then that's pretty much how it felt so it's all they had was just the different cups at different difficulties and even like their Supposed easy difficulty is like already, like I'm playing Elden Ring. It's like it's ridiculous. You can't like score any goals against the CPU, and the CPU just like mops the floor with you and expects you to know how to play the game. And they even did that in the tutorial. Like, I had trouble completing the tutorial because the computers were just all over me and knocking me over and wasn't even letting me try to practice to get better at the game. So, um, unfortunately, I had to put this one as number one because. I didn't really care for it and wish they would have done a lot more stuff with it by adding more modes in and even some easier difficulty levels than are currently present.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll share some thoughts about that in a second, but I'll, I'll pass it over to Barry for his for indissoluble <laughs> missions in number one.
1: Yeah. Mario Strikers Battle League. I at least was able to finish the game, but it, it was a tough slog and... Yeah, finish in quotes. Uh, I uh, my, my dishonorable mentions goes to uh, Thunder Kid Tomb No Mission. I uh, wanted to like the game. Neat concept, like the graphics, bland levels, bland, weird, really unforgiving difficulty on some of the bosses. Didn't do it for me. And a uh, game I really wanted to like, Demoniaca, Everlasting Night. I really wanted to like that game. Looked beautiful, but man, the, the lack of grabbing onto a ledge. And the weird jumps, uh, yeah, it didn't do it for me. But my number one was actually one that was mentioned already. Uh, and that was by Greg, and that was Conan Chop Chop. This game, I I had like, oh, man, this is going to be so much fun. I, was, I can't wait. And uh, <clears throat> any game that has multiplayer you know, in it should not make the game impossible for single player. Because playing the single player was practically impossible. The difficulty was insane, and uh, you know it was just—it was just a. Ugh, I just wanted to like it. It just fell so, so terribly short, and and I, I didn't get a chance to play with with Greg and Steve. I was supposed to. I was logged in, ready to go, and I had to run to the hospital because my dog died. So with that, I'm gonna put that extra emotional knock onto Conan chop chop because the game's crap anyways. And it's number one for a reason.
0: (laughs) You know, blaming, blaming
1: the game for that. It was so bad. It killed my dog. (laughs) Put that on the box art.
0: (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, (laughs) so, uh, dishonorable mentions for me. Let's see. Um, Yeah. Conan chop chop is actually on there as well. Um, it's, uh, it wasn't my worst game of the year. I didn't have as bad of an experience as you guys apparently. Um, but, uh, but it is a a dishonorable mention for sure. Um, I left the Nintendo games off my list, um, only because I am maybe incredibly naive, but I'm hopeful that they'll eventually finish those games and they'll get better. Um, but, uh, maybe, maybe they'll be, uh, (laughs) <laughs> just kind of mention next year on my on the worst games of the year if they still haven't finished them um uh, but uh yeah i think uh, like the experience of of strikers was just like they changed things that they didn't need to change they left out things that they didn't need to leave out and they just they just prolonged it and it seems rushed but it shouldn't have been rushed because they've been working on it for like 8 years um so i just i just don't get it um, and it was, yeah, one of those games that it went like so excited for and then just dashed on the rocks. So so I totally get what you're saying, Greg, for sure. Um, my number one has already been mentioned as well. Um, probably no incredible surprise at all to Barry. Um, but that is Sar- the virus a faceless story, um, which is funny that I Barry even reminded me that it was like, oh yeah, that game you said was really exciting. We can get review codes for it. And I was like, wait, I said this game was exciting. <laughs> um, but but after I read through it and everything, I was like, oh yeah, I was intrigued by the concept. Um, like Barry said as well, like the concept behind it was really uh, exciting to think about, like going through that experience um, in a game. Um, but it just, it felt so flat. It It was not... I didn't enjoy the gameplay. Um, I also got sick. Um, like, I just—it was something with the frame rate or something—just made me not nauseous. Like right from the very beginning, um, I didn't understand the whole clock thing. After I talked to Barry about it, and it's like, oh yeah, you gotta touch the clocks. And I was like, what? That was not intuitive whatsoever. Like I was just kept touching the clock because I was like, there's something there, but I don't know what it's doing. Apparently it was resetting time, but I had no idea. And above everything else, I experienced some like beyond physical like feeling. There was like weird, emotional, dare I say, spiritual Weird feelings that I got when I played that game that just left me incredibly unsettled, and I never wanted to pick that thing up again at all. And it was one of the there's only really one, maybe two other games that I can think of that I've ever played that I disliked worse than this game. So,
1: (laughs) um, wow, yeah, Superman 64, one of them. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, Steve.
0: (laughs) there's one back way in the day. I think the very first time we ever did the worst game of the year. And, uh, there was a game called stop stress. It was on Wii, and you're supposed to go around like hitting things. And it was just a awful, awful, awful experience. I think I dislike that one a little worse, but it's, it's pretty close. (laughs) At least it's not ski sniper. That, that game was just funny. Like I never played it, but I was just, I just thought the concept was like, how did this even get made? That's just, it's crazy. Um, did, uh, did anyone in our community have uh, anything to say about the worst games of the year? Uh, let me check here. Uh, so Dave said switch sports was
1: his worst game. So he's right there with you, Greg, uh, Jakester said Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet and kingdom hearts cloud version. I'll disagree with you on Pokemon. Agree with you on kingdom hearts cloud version. Um, uh, roger did not put a worst game
2: he just put this. some in the chat though
1: <laughs> he did there wow. it is Skeez-nibor. oh roger <laughs> there you are yeah there i don't know you if that's are, his roger. worst
0: game of the year or if he's just excited to hear us talk about no Skeez-nibor.
1: no okay so, so <laughs> Ro- roger rogers from another podcast and i was on and we, we had some fun, and his cohorts decided to pitch a game to me for Premium Edition game. And they're telling me all about this game that they really want. And I just said, this better not be Ski Sniper. <laughs> and everyone started laughing because it was, it was, they were trying to pitch me Ski Sniper. So it's just become this running joke now about Ski Sniper. But Ski Sniper was actually on my worst, worst last year. Uh, Ski Sniper was honestly there, which makes it even funnier. Um, but yeah, yeah, Roger, great to see you. Uh, but yes, <laughs> fate, sure, you know, Sorrow Virus could be worse than Ski Sniper.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's let's take a break from our Top games the year, and uh, we thought it'd be fun just to add a, a quick segment in here of maybe games that that we played this year that didn't come out this year, but for whatever reason we we missed it when they originally came out, or we just finally got around to it, or whatever. Uh, but games from the past that grabbed our attention this year. And I know Greg, you were mentioning earlier that like that's that's a lot of your 2022 was filled with some games from past years. So any of them that you want to mention this year? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, outside of, like the NES games that I've spoken on, like numerous podcasts with my brothers, I mean, I, I don't have to like fully like deep dive into, but I I know I did mention a few other ones that like as newer games were coming out, like I revisited like Hy- um, Rule War, not Hyrule, um, Fire Emblem Warriors, like the very original one, and I did make significant progress there, like passed through a number of more chapters, and that did take up some look like at my time this year and I was trying to get it all set for three hopes, but I didn't make that goal. Um, same was for like the Mario Rabbids. The very first one I had gotten like the gold edition where I was on like super sale, uh, like a year or two after it came out. And then I finally like dove in and completed Like, I think I basically completed like chapters like one and two or something like that. And then I, whatever reason it just kind of sank away. Um, Even with like the Splatoon 3 announcement, I was trying to go through and beat the Octo expansion just to like make sure I got like my money's worth there. So like I was able to revisit Splatoon 2 this year as well. So um, yeah, those are the three main ones that I really sunk like some, some significant time into that were some older year games that I really enjoyed and still are on the backlog to finish off.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, Jake just says it looks like the Metroid series in full, except for Hunters. And uh, both the Ori games blew his mind as well. uh, How about you, Barry?
1: Uh, Yeah, um, quick, just want to mention, I'll do a quick little plug here for Roger. Uh, For those of you that don't know his podcast, it was the Gamer Head. Gamer Head's podcast was the one I was on that that happened. But he's also uh, a co-host of Pure Nintendo. So check those out. Great guy, great podcast. So. Just want to give him a little bit of love for, for stopping in and saying hi. Um, so for me, uh, I played a lot of games that came out this year. This year. Um, so I didn't really have much. Like, I usually I do like the marathons on slower years. I didn't really do that this year. <clears throat> but there was one game in particular that I did go back and play. And that was because of a Nintendo Direct where the newest one coming out uh, looked good. And I didn't want to just jump in to the newest one. I wanted to go back and... And I still plan to go back and play the second game in the series. But I went back and played Atelier Riser, uh, Ever, Darkness, and The Secret Hideout. And uh, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. <clears throat> the third game looked amazing. I'm like, let me try the first Riser. And boy, was I surprised. It was a lot of fun. Um, my biggest complaint was it that, unfortunately, the crafting is mandatory because it is a crafting series, and I just wanted to keep going in the story. The story was good. The combat was great. The, the you know exploring and getting the materials was fun. It was just some of the, the really tough materials you needed to get and have a high quality. It was kind of a little more annoying, but it was, still was a great game, great experience. I do plan next year, if there's a lull, to do Rise of 2 because Rise of 3 comes out in February, Uh, The same day as uh, Octopath Traveler 2 and Kirby. So really crowded day in February. So I don't know when I'll get the Rise of 3, but maybe it'll be on, you know, next year's Game of the Year. Who knows? Nice. Nice.
0: Um I'm just going to go reiterate what Jake's talking about with Ori is so much fun. Um, I can't remember if I've actually played it this year, if that was last year. But either way, it's a it's a fantastic uh, game as well. Um, another game that I've been playing a lot recently, um, that is it's definitely not a game that would be at the top of anybody's list. Um, but uh, it, it's definitely not, yeah, not perfect, but I've been having a lot of fun with it. And it's called Spirit Roots. Um, it's a it's a platformer like indie platformer um, and there's 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 some floaty control issues with it um, that do, are annoying every once in a while but the good thing is that there's lots of um, you don't go back too far there's a lot of checkpoints and things like that so um, but i've had a lot of fun with it just being able to pick up and play um, the the levels are fairly short and so i can usually play a couple levels like in between different things um, it's not requiring a lot of uh, a lot of time which we've talked a lot about earlier i don't have a lot of um, but But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that, and I also really enjoyed uh, Figment a lot this year as well. It was a really cool concept that um, from came out like a couple years ago as well. But um, really, really enjoy it uh, as well. So there's there's several games that I played from past years, but those are just a handful of the ones that that I thought I want to mention today. Um, We're gonna hold off on moving into our. Game of the Year top overall picks and uh, tease that just a little bit. But before we jump into any of that, I want to share some headlines of some news with you guys. So uh, Greg's going to kick us off uh, with some news and then we'll kind of just go around the horn sharing about five different stories with you guys that uh, around the Nintendo world. So you make sure you know what's going on. So kick it off uh, there, Greg. So obviously
2: previously mentioned for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet having some performance issues Nintendo immediately has acknowledged that they that players are seeing some of these problems and they are going to be they take this feedback very seriously and they'll continue to make improvements. So hopefully they can get that resolved. So they did release the first initial patch and it was more targeted at some other bugs along with like enabling like the ranked battles and some other things like that. But they also were promising that uh, the performance issues should hopefully be addressed and further updates down the line. So there it is on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet.
1: And, uh, Nintendo, out of nowhere, announced a Direct in between episodes. That's right, a Direct, but a Super Mario Brothers Movie Direct, not a Game Direct. Uh, that happened on November 29th, where we got uh, a second trailer. And the second trailer uh, was very different than the first. We got to see characters like Peach, more Luigi. We got to see Donkey Kong, although we didn't get to hear him speak, which I really wanted to see. And as a complete surprise, Mario Kart is in this movie. So... Bring it on.
0: Yeah. And we uh, we talked about this game earlier in our, you know, Greg's dishonorable mentions or uh, disliked games for this year. But Nintendo uh, you know, sports continues to grow. And as finally the uh, promised a while back, but it finally happened Golf is finally added to the game. So if you have Nintendo Switch Sports, you can finally get golf on there. And uh, I feel like it's uh, going to be 21 holes from the Wii Sports series. And you can tee up with friends in local play or also going eight players online in survival golf mode. Definitely makes golf seem a little more exciting with survival involved in it. But if you uh, like Nintendo Switch waiting on your golf, now you can give it.
2: Just in time for the holiday season, um, No Gravity Games is doing their holiday giveaway. So they have twelve different titles to keep you entertained this holiday season. So pretty much, this is only valid for Nintendo accounts assigned uh, to the um, Americas region. So they have like a whole video and how everything works and how you can enter. And just be careful that you like redeem the corresponding free titles. So. Um, Yeah, there's like the week one you can get like Exhorter or the Gravitator, manipulate the gravity or creepy tail. And then they'll be revealing more games as we count down towards Christmas. So stay tuned to their website to see if there's any games you might want to pick up and or have a chance of winning.
1: And we all know that this show is the definitive Game of the Year awards. But for some reason, some jokester named Jeff Keeley decides that he wants to put in his own, you know, I just want more money under the pocket. Bring it on, you know, companies. But uh – yeah, if you're interested in seeing what that jokester wants to put on, but he did he did nominate Xenoblade Three, so let's let's give it to him. Uh, that's going to be on December 8th. You can tune in on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and more. Uh, that's going to air at 7:30 p.m. Eastern, 4:30 p.m. Pacific, and you can go to thegameawards.com for more information and also vote for who you think should win per category.
0: Right. Let's uh. Quickly, let me get your thoughts on all those stories before we jump into our top picks. So, Greg, any any final thoughts around any of those stories?
2: Yeah, I was definitely very excited for the new Mario Brothers trailer. I I watched it with my daughter, and we're both very pumped and excited. I was glad to finally see some other characters in there. And it's like a few pieces are kind of starting to connect a little bit so that they make it. I think there was a little scene with like Mario connecting like with like that when he first arrives in the Mushroom Kingdom with Toad from the first trailer. So I thought that was kind of cool to kind of see some scenes kind of slowly fitting together. Um Yeah. The golf update obviously won't do it for me in Nintendo switch sports. I, that's usually my least favorite of the sports. And it's the main reason I've been, I put both of those games on my like the worst games of the years. Cause they're not, actually complete when they're launching this isn't a matter of just adding in a few kind of like extra features here and there it's like the main game is not having any actual modes like especially strikers battle league doesn't have any extra modes within the game so um yeah golf is not gonna have you turning on nintendo switch sports anytime soon um it's great to see that pokemon scarlet and violet are all getting updated so when i do have a chance to play it later this holiday season that they'll hopefully some of these issues will be addressed and probably will be watching the game awards and the, later this week and hoping that nintendo actually gets a few more wins um i did watch the kit and krista podcast like earlier this week or whatever they were talking about the breath of the wild and Ar- Mario odyssey both making it into the top list for 2017 so it was kind of some interesting perspectives that they had around that time of year with when Nintendo actually had games in that category. So really hoping for Xenoblade three to pull in a possible win there for Nintendo. And then, yeah, the giveaways are always great to be at see and hope to have a chance to enter and chance to win some
0: good games. Cool. Cool. Barry, how about you?
1: Greg, you said like Nintendo hasn't had games in the game of the year category they've had every year. They've just lost them. And Metroid Dread was in the Game of the Year category, and it didn't win, should have. So, I
2: mean, it's feel like they're actually there, though. (laughs) It's Um, they don't (laughs) win.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, As for the stuff, I'm always happy to see uh, updates to games. So Scarlet and Violet, I'm glad to see an update. Um, I downloaded it, and uh, so far, nothing really has changed. But I really didn't have issues to begin with. Um, as for the Mario movie, I was already excited, but yeah, my wife and I can't wait till April. We're definitely gonna get to see that. Um, as for Switch Sports, uh, I only played the you know the, the trial. Uh, never opened my copy. Golf isn't gonna do it, but the survival golf. You no, know, that I'm picturing Ski Sniper, like. Ski sniper survival golf, right? You're trying to golf while someone's trying to shoot you. Let's make that happen. Come on, but, but done right. That, that would be like a, take lot of a fun. golf cart
0: down a ski slope. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, here we go. We're going to have some fun with this. Um, as Mario for- Kart. <laughs> with the golf cart's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Let's do it. Uh, As for the uh, No Gravity games, uh, I've done their giveaways every year. I think it's great that they do that. I'm happy they do that. Uh, I already have the first three games from previous giveaways, but if you've never done it before, these are free digital titles. You might as well. You have nothing to lose. get the first game right now, uh, and just as long as you keep up, uh, you can continue to get free games, so definitely worth it. Uh, And the Game Awards, I do plan to watch, uh, mainly for the announcements, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if... uh, Jeff Keighley is going to be a man and give Xenoblade the uh, award it deserves.
0: This all depends if Nintendo has paid him enough. Yeah. (laughs) The Us
2: Part 2 again, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Death Stranding for
2: everything. Exactly. Best family
1: game, Death Stranding. (laughs) Best game about cats, Death Stranding. (laughs) Best Um, esports coach, Death Death Stranding.
0: Uh, really the only thing that you guys haven't said, I'll, I'll just reiterate honestly about the, uh, the Mario movie. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I, I really, <laughs> I think I, I was, I think all of us have been really cautious about the whole thing. Um, but, but it really is the, the more we watch, uh, the more that I am getting excited about it. And, and it, it is like a little bit. Off-putting. I think the first time I've watched the trailers to hear to hear the voices, um, not because they're they're disconnect. I, I feel like like Charlie Day as do, does Luigi? Is that right? I think it sounds great. I think the the rest of the voices sound good, but it's just it is weird not hearing Charles Martinet, and it's it's weird hearing them actually talk because like usually you hear sounds and you see dialogue. And to actually hear voices and actually like all that is, it's strange like the first time, but then I'm quickly getting used to it Um, very quickly. By the time the trailer's done, I'm like, okay, that was, that was fine. That was really good. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know like how I feel, like I feel excited that they're, they're putting all this stuff in this movie, but also I'm like, when i hold back some for the second one and <laughs> the third one, maybe like, it sounds exciting, but at the same time, like, uh, maybe you need to hold back a little bit. So I'm wondering if some of the stuff is just going to be like a tease, like maybe Mario Kart's really only going to take maybe like five minutes, the whole movie, but it's gonna be really exciting. And then maybe, you know, in the second movie, they'll dig a little more into it. The exploring the whole galaxy idea. I hope that that's actually something that's just kind of mentioned at the end. And that whole scene that was given in our trailer, in the trailer is actually maybe near the end of the movie. And it's like, foreshadowing to the next movie rather than all of that's going to happen in the first one, because I, I would like them to leave some room to to go in the future, um, because if, if this is really good, man, like they've got a bright future of continued you know movies in this franchise for sure. So, yeah, getting pretty excited about it as well. And, you know, it, it still sounds like Chris Pratt, but it doesn't sound bad. So, you know, stop giving a hard time, guys. <laughs> uh well let's move on and uh the moment that uh many have been waiting for maybe all everybody everybody in the entire world has been waiting on this moment uh for our top three overall games of 2022 so we're gonna do this very similar to how we did before uh the the you know, these are going to be repeats because these are the games that have shown up on our previous list, uh, you know, prior uh, list that we've talked about already in the podcast. Um, so we won't have as much to say about them, but we're going to go through our top three overall picks. So this is this is including the indies, this is including the third parties, the first parties, um, not the non Nintendo console games, of course, but lumping all of them into one category. Top three games overall. Greg, kick us off.
2: Yeah, so i had really unsure on how I want to approach the final top three, but pretty much I was, as Barry said, like the main indicator for me is like the gameplay and like the fun aspect of it. So one of the most fun times I had was definitely with uh, Shredder's Revenge, so that game did catch me off guard like when it was first like came out and like announced everything and then like I got very excited and I was just had a big smile on my face while I was playing through fighting through the classic bosses and using some of my favorite characters that were ever created. So easily number three for this entire year was shredder's revenge for me. Nice. Nice.
0: Good pick Barry.
1: Yeah, this was a little bit tougher than I expected. Um And uh, I stick with my choices and I'm pretty happy with them. My number three Goes to yet again a game that everyone should play, AI The Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. Just this is one of those titles that you absolutely need to experience you know, the first game as well. You know, people who have never tried it before have tried it and have fallen in love with these characters. It's just yeah, just give it a try, especially if you love intrigue and mystery and psychological, you know, developments. It's just well worth the time.
0: Nice, nice. Well, number three for me, uh, it goes to a game that, um, that actually I made a last minute change. Um, I was with right with you, Greg, and I had Ninja Turtles as my number three, but as I was thinking about it, my, my thought kept going back to, I like innovation. And games, and I like them pushing it. So while I really enjoyed turtles, I felt like there was another game that edged it out because they finally innovated in this franchise. And it took me from not being a fan to being a fan. And that was Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Um, I thought, just love how, you know, they, they took it into a different way, uh, direction and um, pulled me in. Um, to make me not really a Kirby fan to actually really enjoying, uh, this game. And so, um, that's why I edged out turtles and, uh, took my number three spot for overall number three game for 2022. So. All right, Greg, number two.
2: So I hated to have to do this just based on how my list like went down. Um, but actually my number two, I is a game that I didn't play, but that I am very excited to be playing. And that's the Life is Strange collection pack. So I understand it's a really old game, but I've never been more excited to actually get into like this, these first two stories that kind of drove the spinoff of True Colors to begin with. So I was very fascinated the way they can change around the story. And I've seems like I've heard nothing but positive things about like this, the aspects you have to choose this time around in both, Life is Strange 1 and 2. And really looking forward to jumping into, actually saying I've played it, and by the next time we have our next podcast.
0: Nice. Nice. You will enjoy them, for sure, Greg. How about you, Barry? Number two. Uh, Number two.
1: I have to give it back to Falcom here. Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero. It's just, this is, again, it's just another title that I I knew going into this year, I was going to love from everything I heard. So many people played fan translations. I mean, this, this is a game where NIS actually worked with the fan translations to get it in there and get it for America. And uh, yeah, play this game. That's all I have to say, play this game. (laughs) You will not
0: be disappointed. Nice. Nice. Well, my my number two uh, goes to a a franchise that I, I do really enjoy. Maybe not as much as another person on this panel, but I do really enjoy it. And one of the things that I haven't said about this particular game is that I really like how they changed up some side quests in this game because that was something I wasn't a big fan of, at least in uh, in a in a side game in earlier in this franchise um but i love what they did with side quest in xenoblade chronicles 3 um, changing it up making it worthwhile making uh you know it's not to just go fetch these things and come back and do these things and come back it's it actually you know progress the story and and some really cool things happened um as you're doing these these different side quests and makes it worthwhile um to do it and so that's why the game takes 150 hours and that's why I haven't played it yet but uh but um because it takes that long but like I just I'm I'm amazed that they could pack so much into into this game like it's just it's incredible to to think like all of this is packed in there and uh you can still get it for 60 bucks so um so yeah Barry's going to He's he's talked so much about Xenoblade. You can hear him talk through all of his experience. Greg's playing the game now, which has changed him all around. His opinions about Xenoblade is because of this game. So, yeah, definitely number three for overall pick. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Number two, you mean? Sorry, I mean number two. Did I say number three? <laughs> you did, yeah. I got You're Xenoblade 3 against. in my mind and had number three. So, messed me all up. So, All right. Greg on to your number one pick.
2: Yeah. So pretty much kind of what you were saying for your number three pick is kind of how I felt about my number one pick. So my number one was Kirby and the forgotten land. I have never been a Kirby fan. I'm not going to try to pretend that I was, but holy cow, did I become a lot more interested to check out his other games. So, um, I had so much fun playing this with my daughter. I checked out, um, Kirby star allies on a previous podcast that came out on switch, I've also been kind of checking out some of the, like the Kirby's adventure on the super Nintendo app and it's kind of really transformed me. I think I've already worn a Kirby shirt on the podcast already that I have. So, um, yeah, this was super incredible and I really enjoyed it. And I had a big smile on my face and might not have been the hardest game that I played this year, but it was certainly the most fun that I've had this year. So that is why it's my number one pick is Kirby in the Forgotten Land.
0: Nice. Nice. All right, Barry, number one. Uh, for me, here. my number one.
1: <laughs> had to go to ski sniper no just kidding (laughs) uh number one should be no surprise for anyone that actually has talked with me at all for maybe at least five seconds uh and well deserved is xenoblade chronicles 3 hands down what a game what an experience is it a entry that you could just jump into and enjoy yes is it better if you played the first two also yes but it's a standalone enough that you can absolutely experience the story and i hope if it is your first entry, afterwards you're, you know, interested in going back to the first two, because my God, what a game!
0: All right? Yeah, yeah. I still gotta go back and finish Xenoblade Chronicles X. It um, <laughs> reminded me all of a sudden. It's like, oh yeah, that's why I set up my Wii U to actually play X, and I haven't played it yet. So, and Xenoblade there. Chronicles Two, and <laughs> well, at least I own X. I you at least played Torna. I did. I did. You beat it. I did. I played I played uh, I feel like a good chunk of one. Um but uh never beat it. And I played a really good chunk of of X, but never beat it yet either. I'd rather go back and finish X. So uh my number one game is uh a game that I already talked about earlier, and uh of course, and it it so surprises me that it ever ended up on the top of any list that I pick, but especially my game of the year. And that's Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Um, I think it's funny because uh, we we talked um, that, you know, I was able to, to go out and Ubisoft gave me an opportunity to check out the game early. And, uh, and I was like, I'm not going to let that in, you know, influence me on what I think about the game. Like, They're being nice to me, but at the same time, like I really don't like this genre of games. I'm probably not gonna like it. And I even talked to my wife ahead of time. I was like, "It's gonna be really bad if they, you know, take me out there and I have to play this game in a a genre that I really don't enjoy playing. Um, It's gonna be kind of quite the experience." And um, man, it took me like a whole 20 seconds into the game before I realized this is different. This is a different type of Um, of a strategy game and I love what they've done with it. And, uh, and I had a ton of fun and I played nearly 50 hours of this game and. I haven't hundred percent it like Barry did, but I've come really close. I think I'm like 90% overall. Um, and I don't do that quite often in games, um, because that takes time as we've talked about, but this game really pulled me in and I'm really excited for the DLC to come out. I'm really excited to see where Raymond, uh, eventually fits in and everything. So yeah, Mario and Rabbit: sparks of hope, my number one game of the year. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh- a little surprising there. Yeah. <laughs> Did not
1: expect that from you. <laughs> Should we uh, um, do from the community
0: before? Yeah, let's see what they we... say.
1: All right. So, Dave, overall game of the pick of the year is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. So, siding there with Greg. Jakester, overall game of the year Triangle Strategy, the game we mentioned prior to. Poopa says Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Logan says Kirby in the Forgotten Land. And Jeez. Roger. Yeah. And Roger <laughs> agrees with you, Steve, with Mario and Rabbids. Sparks of hope.
0: Nice. Nice.
2: Well recency bias for our game of the year that are we've already done the math in our heads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We'd already done some math, oh, unfortunately. Yeah, I think uh, this year has been, um, I, I told you guys earlier, like uh, I we've had previous years where we have to like do some math and go back and go, OK, how many times was this game mentioned in previous lists in order to break ties and all that stuff? So essentially what we did is we go through our top games of the year and we assign them in reverse order of points. So a number one pick will get three points, a number two pick gets two points, a number uh, three pick gets one point. And essentially I, I put them all in a spreadsheet, we count them all up and uh, the top three games are our top three games overall collectively from us three uh, from, from Nintendo Games <laughs> Podcast. And so, yeah, this year was pretty simple in terms of math because we had three clear winners. Uh, so number three in our overall pick goes to Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope um, with a total of, of three points in the end. The number two game is Kirby and the Forgotten Land with a total of four points. And with a total of five points is Xenoblade Chronicles 3, So, which makes very, very happy, I'm sure.
1: Finally, <laughs> finally, you know this, this podcast is starting to give the series the representation and the respect it
0: deserves. I yeah. only took so many years. and yeah, we had to ease into it with, with Life is Strange, and then finally we got to Xenoblade. It's almost like you guys are just starting to realize that
1: I have good taste in games, and I <laughs> recommend good games. <laughs> Damn it.
0: That, yep, that's it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Uh, but congratulations to Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for being the Nintendo Fuse Podcast Game of the Year. Lots of accolades that this game has definitely gotten. Um, but just quickly before we move on to what's coming up over the next uh, month or so in terms of games, um, just some final thoughts about gaming this last year. Greg, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, I kind of mentioned this like at the beginning, but I felt like this year I did play a lot more games have released in previous years, whether it's even on different consoles. So, um, yes, there was like some very phenomenal games and I definitely need to put my focus more on games that did come out throughout the course of this year, such as like Xenoblade and even Splatoon three. And like, I didn't even start like a fire emblem three hopes. So, um, yeah, I, it's seems like this year was a lot more replaying some older classic games for me and really hope that I can stay on board like, with newer games that come out in the next year. So definitely have Fire Emblem engaged to look forward to in next month. So that'll be a good start to kick off the year, hopefully.
0: Cool. Cool. Barry, final thoughts about gaming in 2022? 2022 was awesome. All right. It was just an amazing
1: year. Not an amazing year for Nintendo specifically, but an amazing year for gaming as a whole. Uh, if you only have a Switch, this was a banger year because not only did Nintendo put out some great stuff like Xenoblade and Kirby, uh, but you also had some phenomenal third party and a lot of great games from other years ported to the Switch for the first time. 13 Sentinels, Persona 5, uh, you know, counting in our list, and Rompa, Life is Strange. Uh, this is great. And then you have, you know, Portal. <laughs> Portal. You have titles like Sonic Origins and, and, uh, you know, like a collection, the previous, you know, years and Klonoa and just, it's just an awesome, awesome year overall for pretty much every genre. So, uh, and that's just Switch. If you have other systems, it was just overall just, a. A phenomenal year. Almost every month had at least one banger. Sometimes multiple. Sometimes in the same day. God of War, Ragnarok, and Sonic Frontiers on the exact same day. A week before Pokemon. You know, a, a week after Harvestella. Or actually, not even a week after Harvestella. A couple days after Harvestella. I mean, it was just bangers. A star, uh, star Ocean launched a day before Bayonetta 3. I mean, it was just like, give me a break. Give, <laughs> me, a break. give me some time to digest these games. There were so many games coming out. Uh, I think Live Alive was a, a, a week before Xenoblade 3. Like, I, it was so such a good year. Such a good year. Uh, I hope everyone had a time to play and experience. And if you haven't, you know, the holiday season, hopefully you have some time during the holiday season to catch up. And uh, I'd say maybe 2023 will we'll cool it down a little bit so we can get some time to catch up. Who knows? We already have three great games launching on the same day in February for the Switch. Uh, you know, and, and nothing in in January, is, as Greg says, even though he's a big Fire Emblem fan. Um, so we'll, we, you know, we have a lot to see. That was yeah, last podcast. I've already it was. It was, that. but I'm not letting you forget it. Uh, so yeah, 2022, phenomenal year. And, and, and uh, you know what? Here's the real winners of the game awards us, us the gamers, we win because we have all these great experiences to have
0: absolutely and i think what the the big thing that, that i've experienced this year and i think all of us have experienced is not only are there a lot of good really good games um the the industry has been pushed in some really cool ways i think you talked about like storytelling storytelling is phenomenal in in video games and it's such a really cool way to experience a story um and you know a lot of things a lot of times yeah you know, i do i i you know said couple times this this episode about like I, I wish they would could cut some things because like things in movies and stuff do get cut because you have to fit it within a certain time frame. And and while they could cut some things, uh, you A video game allows them to explore some different ways to tell stories and some different dialogue and way to do dialogue and and explore that a lot more than a movie does. And, uh, and it's so interactive. And so I think we've, we've seen a lot of stretches within storytelling. We've seen some games, explore some different things that we've never seen before. Um, I mean, stray is, is one of them, but just like some other ways to like tell some struggling uh stories that people have gone through i think that the get the category we've talked about before on on the game awards um for what's it what's it called the uh the games for impact Impact. yeah it's just like amazing to see what what indie develop a lot of times indie developers that are developing games that are just telling like really interesting stories like that they're they've personally struggled with or gone through and they're able to do that through a game and explore that through a game and i think that's what we've we've really seen in 2022 as well in addition to the plethora of great games we've seen some then push some some boundaries in some really cool ways as well. So yeah, who knows what 2023 will hold. Uh our next episode will be our predictions. Uh so we don't know, but we're going to take some shots and we're going <laughs> to think back to the um probably all the bad predictions we made from 2022 and uh review those and make some predictions for 2023 as we head into our uh our next episode, which will be in January. Um but That leads us to think about over the next month, um, while well, we take a a little bit of a break for the holiday season here in the united states and eh, mostly around the world there's holidays around the world uh, as well but uh, we're gonna take a break for about a month or so and uh, until then we've got lots of different games that are coming out maybe not some top games but there are things like fire emblem that are coming out and uh, so I'm just gonna as always scroll these on the screen so if you're watching the video version you'll see uh, uh, thanks to metacritic for supplying this list for us and you'll see all the different games that are coming out over the next several weeks um and basically the next month uh as we talk about what games we're hoping to play over this next month until we come back for the podcast so greg what are you uh what are you hoping to play over this holiday season
2: well one of the ones that i had i think talked about quite a long time ago at least when it was initially revealed was the dragon uh quest treasures that like one really seemed very intriguing to me, like when it was initially announced and I kind of forgot for quite a while. And then I think it was just like a episode or two ago that Barry mentioned that it was actually coming out soon. So um, yeah, that's pretty much definitely on my holiday list to be picking up for sure. If I can find some time in between like Xenoblade and other games that I'll be trying to catch up on and like life is strange. Um, Pretty much. I think that's, just about going to be the main one pretty much until Fire Emblem Engage so I know that's I don't think that's that yeah that's gonna be like a little bit right after our next podcast because that's on the 20th which is four days after the next podcast so yeah that'll probably be the main one that I'll be looking into along with any games I might get for as holiday gifts which includes Sparks of Hope and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, possibly. So, those are ones that I was hoping to also pick up this holiday season.
0: Nice. Barry, how about you? Uh,
1: Yeah, for me, uh, mainly God of War. Finishing, you know, I want to finish God of War Ragnarok. I want to finish, you know, doing stuff in Pokemon Scarlet, which I will continue to uh, probably play throughout Uh, the the holiday season, and then Sonic Frontiers. I really want to to get to that and and play that. So that's definitely something on my radar. I'm gonna have it. I'm just uh, unfortunately it came out the same day as God of War, so i made a pick. But I definitely want to play that in Dragon Quest Treasures, uh, especially because I love Dragon Quest XI Ness, and this is a like a prequel of sorts with Eric and his sister. So uh, that's the main thing. Uh, the only other one would be maybe Crisis Core. Uh, which is the best part of Final Fantasy VII, in my opinion. And I really did enjoy it on the PSP, so maybe I'll go back and play that. Uh, but it's that would be after, since it's a, a game I've already played and beaten. So it would be after Sonic and Dragon Quest,
0: for sure. Nice. Well, I do want to let you know that, uh, for those of you that have been wanting to play Stray on Nintendo Switch, um, do know that Chubby Cat 2 is coming out. So... Maybe that's uh, maybe that's going to be, you know, game of the year material for next year. Uh, But uh, yeah, I think I there's not really anything that is that I know of that's coming out over the next month that I'll be playing. So um, be hitting Life of Strange 2. Um, Most likely I will have that finished uh, by the next uh, by the next podcast. And then just uh, finally downloaded the new version of Jackbox, um, Jackbox Party 9.0. I think so definitely going to be playing that over the holiday season. Uh, like Barry said earlier, uh, Jackbox is definitely a game that uh, my family really enjoys as well. And uh, so we'll be playing a lot of that for sure. And then um, let's see what else um, there's uh what, Oh shoot. There's one other game that I was thinking of and I'm totally blanking on shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, Sonic frontiers. Um, I think I, um, I might be eventually picking that up or and checking that out. So um that's one and then the new version of or the new season of Rocket League comes out. Uh and also I'm uh finally got excited about uh Fortnite again. Um only because a Rocket League car is now in Fortnite, so they have the octane in it. It doesn't so take so much, terrible. does it? Nope. Just bring a car into it and involve soccer and I, I'm done. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> FIFA did make your top list of the games this year
0: (laughs) yeah if only they released a new game instead of this i'm surprised that wasn't on your worst your worst game of the year yeah i've done that before (laughs) (laughs) i said not to not to dishonor it again this year it's the last time uh but uh yeah, I think uh, there's there's several other games that I hoping to get you know more time with, um, you know, games that I mentioned like Harvestella and stuff like that that I'll probably get more time over the the holiday season with as well. Um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to to having a, a little time off and maybe having a little more time to to game over the the holiday season for sure. So um, before we end and close up, one more last reminder: if you have not followed us on Twitter, just make sure you do that over at Twitter at nintendo fuse that's n-i-n-t-e-n-d-o-f-u-s-e and you can also make sure to uh join us over on our discord if you've not done that yet we have a growing community and it's a great place to connect with us in between the podcast and with everybody over there it's a cool uh opportunity to talk about video games and so much more we'll be there this thursday talking about uh, the game awards in one of the channels and so make sure you head to the link on the, the screen or in the show notes or the youtube description as well and uh, you can join in the discussion and uh, so much more over there on our discord so greg you excited about the holiday season
2: yeah i think this should be a pretty good holiday season um there's some plenty of games are still left on my backlog to both play and to add to my collection. So definitely looking forward to having some time inside to play as the snow like goals start falling down and melt and then fall down again and melt and fall
0: down again. <laughs> Great. Lots of ice. That's fantastic. And that's and
2: seems like how it seems to roll through. And sometimes we get snowstorms that last like a, the snow's around for a few weeks, but at least the ones that have hit so far this year have all like pretty much melted within the next like second day. So it's one of the plus sides of being a gamer is just like, it encourages you more to stay inside and enjoy (laughs) a lot more of the gaming system on the TV as opposed to bringing
0: in handheld mode. That's right. Why touch grass or snow? You can just experience a video game.
2: (laughs) Barry, Barry anything <laughs> coming
0: up exciting for you in the holiday season? Any other podcast outings that you're on or anything like that?
1: Uh nothing on my schedule right now. Um, but we're, you know, still still selling titles at premium edition. We've got uh, you know, we're running low on our series five uh titles. Uh they are, you know, some have already sold out, which is great. And we should have our Series 4 titles, at least Wonderling and Rainier Parade, in stock this month. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shipping out to pre-orders, and and we'll have a second chance sale. So very much looking forward to that and getting those games in in more people's hands. Um, As for me, otherwise, just relaxing. I got the in-laws in in for another week, uh, so we'll be entertaining them. We were just in the city today, uh, taking them around Rockefeller, Times Square, Madison Square Garden, stuff like that and uh you know just gonna spend the rest of december just resting playing games hoping to get through everything <laughs> in time uh but we shall see but uh yeah just looking to have some fun cool
0: cool yeah i'm looking forward to getting some time away as well and going to see some family and friends maybe traveling back and visiting them for for several days in between christmas and new year so that's always fun and it's always good to get some dedicated time. I, I really enjoy gaming in airports and airplanes. I know that's really weird for some people, but um, that's where I get some of my best gaming time just to be able to zone out and, and uh, play in handheld. So I got a couple games that I'll definitely be playing as I travel. And uh, yeah, just really enjoying, like playing a lot of party games with the family. Like they've, they accepted long ago that uh, Steve's a gamer. And uh, as long <laughs> as he's in our family, we're going to be playing video games at every holiday that he's around. And, uh, and so luckily they, they jump right in as well. And so we have a lot of fun with, especially with party games and, and stuff like that. But, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll break out, uh, Mario Kart this year. We haven't played Mario Kart in a while. And lots of old classic courses that are coming. And a lot of my family is probably gonna be like, Oh my gosh, I remember that back on the old system you used to have and blah, blah. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, it'd be a great game for you to bring, Mario Strikers
0: Battle League. <laughs> I, I, I swear you're gonna say Xenoblade. I'm like, that's not a party game, Barry. No, no, see, I I, I said something multiplayer, okay. Look. You did, you did, you did. Um yeah God. I will have it with me because I downloaded it. Um but <laughs> yeah. sharing the disappointment with everybody else. That's <laughs> yeah. part of the holidays. Right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Well, happy holidays uh, to all of our community. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Thanks for sharing the podcast with others who enjoy Nintendo as well. Thanks for contributing to the entire conversation tonight, but especially your picks of uh, games for this last year. It's been, uh, as we said many times tonight, it's been an exciting year of, of gaming for sure. We're looking forward to what 2023 brings us maybe maybe a switch to maybe a pro, switch pro maybe a what do you call it Greg a new switch U pro 340 64 I don't know whatever it is yeah, that's usually what it is like, something, a, like <laughs> something like that yeah so all the Nintendo's popular the uh, Excel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh the XL right right um, so who knows maybe we'll have a new system to talk about in 2023 again We'll we'll be bringing our predictions in the next episode in 265 when we return in January of 2023. But until then, happy gaming, everybody. Have a good one. Happy gaming. Happy New Year.